weather forecast for the San Francisco Bay Area calls for low overcast night and morning. The sunny afternoons over the inland area through Monday. There will be little temperature change with highs today and tomorrow from the low 60s to the low 70s. Low tonight in the mid-50s. Westerly winds of 10 to 20 miles an hour in the afternoon. Small craft warnings for southwest winds to 30 miles in the Susun Bay Area. Presently, 54 degrees in San Francisco. Stay tuned now for baseball. Crisfield Company, makers of the big mileage maker gasoline, and your 21 Bay Area high trading Pontiacers who invite you to break away in a wide track Pontiac. had first baseman David Pena, age five years, second baseman Mike Andrews, age three, shortstop Mike Petroselli, age three years, Nick Schofield played third base, he's only six years old, left field was Mike Yastrzemski, the eight-year-old son of uh, you-know-who, and center field Mark Williams, four years old, Martelli, the uh, nephew of Tony Canigliero, played in right field, he was eight years old, and the catcher was Satriano of Santiago, four and a half years old, and the pitcher was Tim Stang, four years old. Well, the reason we say that, ladies and gentlemen, we've just seen one of the cutest things in all baseball. We've seen a father and son's game here, and believe me, the youngsters were really out there trying their very best, and thrilled all of us to see it. But for the real game here this afternoon, the Boston Red Sox and the Oakland A's were to have uh, a couple of guys going that uh, are pretty tough pitches. For the Oakland A's, it'll be Jim Nash with a 3-3 record. And for the Boston Red Sox, Ray Cope, who has won nine and lost three. And we'll be back to give you the real lineups in just a moment. Hi, Dave Niles here on KNBR from 10 to 2. Both summers here, almost here anyway, and pretty soon we'll all be going on vacations. Frank will be taking off for two or three weeks. I'm going to take off. Don Clark doesn't get a vacation for a while. But Frank has been out screening. Uh, we need somebody to sit in for it, see? Well, I've been uh, screening the applicants, Dave. Have you found anybody to take our places? I think some excellent people. Would you like me to bring in the first one? Yeah, have you got somebody out yeah. there? Would you come out in here? Go right up there. Yes. Yes. Speak to Mr. Niles. Huh. Yes, sir. Would you, uh, pardon me? Go. Yes. <laughs> Would you say your name? Just love your show. Yeah, Dave Niles. Thank you very Oscar much. Oscar Rash. Oscar Rash. Uh, <laughs> love your show. Have you... Did you did you want to see me? Well, yes. I, is this the fellow you brought in, Frank? Well, this is the first one, Dave. Yes. I'd, I'd like to go on here. Yeah. You've been on radio before? Well, no, actually. I was in a repertory company. I did a lot of pantomime. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, a lot of physical things. <laughs> Next, Frank. Yeah, well, I have others, Dave. I have a... After a threatening morning filled with intermittent sprinkles of rain, it's turned out to be a beautiful day here at Fenway Park in Boston. Hi, everybody. Al Helfer here along with Monty Moore. And we're getting ready to bring you the play-by-play -play action of the ball game between the Oakland A's and the homestanding Boston Red Sox. And the boys wearing the Mr. Green and uniform here this afternoon and their white shoes will be very much interested in getting this ball game underway for the simple reason that they have twice beaten the Red Sox here on their home ground and they'd like to make this another win and sweep the series. As a matter of fact, the Oakland A's are riding by one percentage point in first place in the Western Division of the American League. And backing up Jim Nash today for the Oakland A's, this will be the starting lineup. Leading off will be Kathy Caffanaris, and boy, he really has been rifling that ball. Running the bases and looks like the Campy of old, and he's really been playing real fine ball. 
Gavinaris leads off. He'll be at shortstop. Hitting in the number two position will be young Joe Rudy. He'll be in left field today. Hitting number three will be Reggie Jackson. And what a show Reggie Jackson put on here yesterday. Reggie Jackson, both defensively and offensively, really had this day yesterday, his very own day. He'll be batting number three, playing in right field. Hitting number four, Captain Sal Bando at third base. Following Bando, we'll have Danny Cater back in the starting lineup again today. He was given a rest for most of the game yesterday. Joe Rudy played first base for him. But Cater's back in the lineup, batting number five. Hitting in the number six position, Rick Mundy. He'll be in center field. Hitting number seven will be second baseman Dick Green. Hitting eight, the brand-new face on the ball club, Larry Haney, late of the Seattle Pilots. He'll be making his first start for the Oakland A's. And we'll be telling you more about him as the afternoon wears on. Big Jim Nash with a 3-3 three three record will be on the mound. This is his 10th start of the year and the second against Boston. He worked seven and a third innings on May the 13th, but he did not figure in the eventual 5-4 Oakland win. Last year, he was 1-1 one one with the Red Sox, and he has a lifetime record of 4-3 and three with Boston. For the Boston Red Sox, they have gone back to their regular lineup. After all, they got quite a pasting yesterday, 21-7, and the Oakland A's really will hang that one up on the board and talk about it all over the winter months. Schofield will lead off for Boston. He'll be the second baseman. Dick Schofield, he will be at second base. Jones, who played second base yesterday, goes back to his position at first base. He'll be batting in the number two position. Carl Yastrzemski played first base yesterday in Dick Williams' experiment, but he's back in left field today. He'll be batting in the number three position. Carl Yastrzemski. Hitting number four will be Reggie Smith, who hit a three-run home run here yesterday. Reggie Smith in center field. He'll be followed by Rico Petroselli, who had been given the day off yesterday. Petroselli will be at shortstop. Tony Conigliero will be in right field. He played left yesterday, but he'll be in right field today. He'll be batting in the number six flat. The third baseman will be hitting seventh. That's George Scott. George Scott at third base. Behind the plate will be Russ Gibson. Moses caught yesterday's ball game and was relieved by Thomas. But Gibson will be behind the plate to start this one today. And on the mound will be pitcher Ray Culp. His record is 9-3. and three. This will be his 16th start of the year and the second time against Oakland. He was a 2-1 to one winner over Chuck Dobson, if you remember, on the 14th of May. Last year, Ray Culp had no decision with the Oakland A's. So it'll be Ray Culp out here this afternoon for the Boston Red Sox as they try to stem their losing tie right now. And the Oakland A's, who have won five and have lost but two on this road trip, and it has been, has been turning out to be a quite a road trip for the Oakland A's because they have found the range as far as the bats are concerned, and the pitching has been good. The Oakland A's will be trying to win their 30th ball game here this afternoon. They have lost 25, and with the Boston Red Sox in the four games that have been played, they stand three wins and one loss. And again, let us repeat that they are in first place. The A's are in first place in the Western Division by just the very scant margin of one percentage point. Minnesota have, uh, has won 20 and lost 26. And Oakland has 129 and lost 25. So we'll be keeping an eye on the ball game at Minnesota today to see how that goes because then we'll know uh, who sleeps in first place tonight. The umpire in chief for the ball game here will be Stewart behind the plate. Springstead, Denkinger, and Flaherty will be on the bases. It'll be Springstead's first base, Denkinger at second base, and uh, Rick Flaherty, who handled that long ball game yesterday, behind uh, the plate, will be down at third base. And uh, looking back on yesterday's ball game, I guess just about everything happened in that affair. There's uh, had all Boston talking about it, particularly the sports writers, all the local sheets were talking about it, even uh, to the wee hours of yesterday, of this morning, and uh, they came back to the ballpark uh, the 
this morning and uh, again talking about it. The uh, final score in yesterday's ball game, just in case you did not hear it, was Oakland 21 runs. They had 25 base hits. The A's had two errors and stranded 14 men. Now, remember, they scored 21 men and stranded 14, so it was quite a day. The Boston Red Sox had seven runs, 10 hits, and six errors, and they had six men left on. Yes, Dremsky said it was the roughest ball game he had played in ever in his major league career. And he said uh, the Oakland A's really did strip them right down to the waist, and that's true, they did. Johnny Odom started yesterday's ball game and went five and two-third innings. And our on-deck guest told us, as you probably heard, that the heat had gotten to him and he had just lost his stuff and just had gotten tired out. Johnny had given up four runs and uh, six hits before he uh, left the ball game. He had walked three and struck out four. All in, Blatt came on in his relief and finished out and picked up his third save of the year. And Lindy pitched well, with the exception of giving a home run ball up to uh, the uh, center fielder, Reggie Smith. It was a three-run home run. But uh, Lynn Blatt coasted right in for his save and for uh, Johnny Odom's eighth one of the year. Odom's record is now eight and three. And Lynn Blatt, again, repeating, had his third save of the year. But uh, they picked on all of the Boston pitchers yesterday. Jarvis started the ball game and pitched two and a third innings. And Stang came on relief in two and a third. Landis was in for two. Roggenberg was in for one and a third. And Lyle finished off. But every one of them was touched for something. As uh, if you can well imagine that this ball was banged around this park yesterday. Well, we're getting ready to get this one underway. And uh, the Boston Red Sox will be coming out to take their defensive positions on the field in just a moment. Right now, let's pause for station identification. This is the Open Days Baseball Network. Good life is here on KNBR Radio, AM and FM, the big one in San Francisco. We're still waiting for the Red Sox to take their defensive positions on the field. We have a goodly crowd here again today. A little wind has kicked up from behind home plate and is blowing out directly towards center field where Reggie Jackson hit both of his home runs yesterday, and both of them were Polacks. Hit on the line right into the center field features, and uh, you've got to hit them pretty well here, well over 400 feet, because the straightaway center field to the high wall is 420 feet, and to the break in the power alley in left center is 379 feet, 380 to the power alley in right field. The uh, foul lines are hugging right down on the... Uh, on the uh, bleacher section, uh, both left and right field, so there isn't much playing room there. There are only a couple of feet between the foul line and the bleacher, so uh, consequently, all of the outfielders here at Fenway Park in Boston play uh, more in toward the power alleys, both in left and right center, than they usually play in the other ballparks. As far as the playing room at home plate here is concerned, it's not nearly as much as a Coliseum, but yet you do have quite a bit of uh, room here. The first and third baseman and the catcher for uh, going after foul balls. However, very rarely are foul balls caught off the right and left field line because of the fact of the close proximity with the stands, the uh, uh, crowd, and also the low railings. So uh, with a good breeze blowing out towards center field now and the sun shining down brightly, we are getting ready for this ball game as the umpires are now coming out of the field and they'll exchange the batting order we gave you just a minute ago. So let's look over the baseball situation for the day of June 15th. And happy Dad's Day to you, too. In the National League, Chicago plays a doubleheader at Cincinnati, and the first ball game is underway. It is uh, Chicago and at Cincinnati for two. Cincinnati leading Chicago at the end of the second inning, one to nothing. It's Nye going for uh, Chicago, and Artigo pitching for Cincinnati. Montreal has to play a pair at uh, San Francisco. It should be Stone, Stoneman and Jester going for Montreal in that doubleheader. We're against Robinson 
Harrod, Robertson, and Perry for the San Francisco Giants. Atlanta playing Pittsburgh at the end of one inning of play in a single ball game. It's Atlanta one and Pittsburgh nothing. It's Reed going for Atlanta with a five and five record. For Pittsburgh, it's Blast going with a six and two record. Houston's about to get underway with St. Louis at St. Louis. Wilson for Houston with a five and five record. Gibson for St. Louis with a record of eight and three. Philadelphia plays at San Diego. It should be Fryman going against Kirby. New York at Los Angeles. It should be Delaro going against Sutton. Over in the American League, Baltimore plays a pair with Chicago, and that first ball game should be getting underway very shortly. It should be McNally going against Nyman. The second game should be Phoebus against Portland. California and Washington have already begun their ball game down at the nation's capital. At the end of one inning, there's no score. Andy Messerschmidt going for California with a 1-5 and five record against Barry Moore of Washington, whose record is 5-1. and one. Seattle playing at New York. That ball game is about to start at Yankee Stadium. It'll be Talbot going for Seattle with a one and one record. And uh, New York will have Bunsen on the mound with a record of two and nine. Detroit at Kansas City. Wilson against Nelson. Cleveland at Minnesota. It should be Harkin against Buswell. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Fenway Park in Boston. We stand for our national anthem. Two or more hits a game. 
First pitch is bunted down the first base line. It's going to be another hit for Campy, I believe. Safe to the slide at first base. Campy Campanaris bunts that ball past the mound. Cope could not come out with it. The first baseman went over to get it and threw the ball underhanded to Cope covering. They did not get Campy because Campy slid in there hard at first base. What an exciting little guy to watch. You know, only they say you can't steal first base, but that will be just about as close to stealing first base as anybody can make it because, after all, Campy had a fine hook slide to get in there. Tremendous little Campy Campanaris is hit now in 13 games in a row. And they better watch him. He has also stolen bases now. Let's see, he has stolen seven bases in his last five ball games. He has 25 steals for the year. He's playing here today with a real bad crick in his neck. He's been taking extra heat treatments on it. Left the game early yesterday, as a matter of fact. All right, Campy off at first base with Joe Rudy batting 182, standing in. Campy draws a throw from Ray Culp. That's a tough base hit, but Campy got it. He punted it past the mound, wanted the first baseman to have to feel it, and he did, and he felt that he could beat the pitcher over there, and he did that. Culp to the stretch. He's holding a long time. Here's a pitch. Rudy takes inside and a half for a ball. So the A's starting right where they left off yesterday. 25 base hits they powdered around Old Fenway Park yesterday. There's a throw back over to first base again where Dalton Jones, first sucker, is holding close to Campanaris. Ray Culp has had a fantastic record since coming from the National League to the Red Sox. He steps to throw 1-0. Rudy takes the curve in there, call strike. This guy's tough. Cope throws a real good palm ball now. It's an off-speed pitch. He leads the American League in strikeouts. This guy has struck out 91 batters this year. And he's done it mostly with good breaking stuff, setting him up, and then once in a while he throw a fastball by him. So he's got 91 Ks. Here's a pitch. Campanaris is going. His second inside. Throw down a second. Campy seals another one. Beep, beep. Number 26 for the Roadrunner. Campy Campanaris going. Gibson got an easy pitch to handle. It was a fastball. He just raised up and threw, and it's too late. So Campy is really on a tear, folks. I think that was the biggest jump he's gotten in a long, long time. All right, Campy's at second now with nobody out. Two balls and one strike to count on Joe Rudy. Boy, Joe has hit some line drives in this series without a base hit. Campy comes out off second a long ways. He's stolen third base in this series twice. Here's the pitch. Rudy takes it low and outside, ball three. Reggie Jackson is on deck, and I would imagine that Reggie's going to get some kind of an ovation when he comes up here because he, he set the world on fire yesterday. I understand... I'm talking with some people back in uh, California who actually called us long distance in our hotel room after the game yesterday. Al Gakdol from Los Gatos and told us that he had heard the game and was wild and uh, with enthusiasm and also that uh, the men on the National Broadcasting Company game of the week on television had been talking the entire ball game about Jackson and about the A's and about how they were 
the coming team in the American League, and uh, Jackson uh, is coming on as a superstar, and we want to thank Mr. Vane Jones, who called from Los Altos, it was, who called yesterday, and said, be sure and pass along our enthusiastic support to the team. Well, that is enthusiastic support, especially when you call long distance, Bonnie, and uh, we wish them all the luck in the world, too, and hope we see them a lot down at the Coliseum. Well, it's a three-in-one count now on Joe Rudy at the plate, wearing number 36 today. Here's the pitch. Fouled away. Strike two. Joe has been wearing number 26, but he changed to 36 today because yesterday's game just completely drenched his 26, and they only have one shirt with that number on it. So it's full count now on Joe Rudy with Campanaris at second and nobody down. Ray Culp to the stretch. Here's the pitch. Rudy swings and misses. Strike three. That's the first time Rudy has struck out since he came up from the minor league. And Culp threw a fastball right by him. And that's what we're talking about. This guy gets you set up with all that changeup stuff. And then, boom, he bats one right by you on the inside. Here's Jackson with first base open. Do you think they'll pitch to him or not? Listen to the crowd roar here. Jackson now has 22 home runs. Five runs batted in, and he's hitting 266 for average. They're not going to walk him intentionally, that's for sure. Can't be off second. Here's a pitch. There's that palm ball. It's high for ball one, Reggie. The wind is really blowing out here today. Jackson doesn't need any help from the wind to hit it out anyway. We're liable to see some home runs hitting this ballpark today. Reggie Jackson. With his favorite bat, he's got one bat he's at 13 home runs with. Pickoff play down at second does not materialize. Petroselli jumped in behind Campanaris, and Culp did not throw. Ten runs batted in in the game yesterday for Jackson. Put him in the headlines all over the country. Here's Culp's pitch. Jackson takes high and inside ball two. A little rumbling thunder overhead. It rained this morning. There was no batting practice by either ball club. Ray Culp now at 2-0 on Jackson. Here goes Campy to third. The pitch is swung on and fouled off. Campy didn't know Jackson was swinging that time. He doesn't know yet that it's fouled off. He's at third base. He had his head down. He was sliding. And he goes back over to second base. Campy got a big jump off second base, and he would have had that one made. Slow curveball, but with a count of two balls and no strikes on a guy like Jackson, he's got to swing it. Anything that he likes. That's a home run hitter's delight, that 2-0. Now Campy is called for time just a second as he gets back in at second base very slowly. Touches the bag, looks around to see where the outfielders are, and they are barely in the park. Culp now 2-1. Pitches to Jackson. There's a high foul pop out of play. Somebody be back in the crowd. Ooh, Reggie had a cut at that one. Count goes to two balls, two strikes on Jackson. Sal Bando is on deck. Culp is a nine-game winner. He's trying to become the American League's first ten-game winner today. Mel Stottlemyre missed on his attempt Friday night to win his tenth. first inning at fabled old Fenway Park. Here's the pitch. 
inside to Reggie, ball three. Don't really try to keep that ball in on him, and he's pitching Reggie a lot differently than all the other pitchers have. They've been pitching him out, away, and across the plate, and Jackson has convinced him that that may not be the way to do it. So it's full count to Reggie with Campanaris at second and a big lead. Petro behind him. Here's a pitch. Jackson takes call. No, he swung and missed strike three. Well, Ray Culp starting off right where he left off against the A's the last time he beat him. He struck out 11 or 12 in that ball game, and he has struck out two men now after Campanaris single and sold second. Reggie started to swing at that off-speed pitch and didn't. But the umpire said he went around on it. I believe it was over the plate anyway. Now here is Sal Bando. Sal's batting 268. He had one for five yesterday. Take a base hit now to drive in Campanaris. Here's the pitch. Inside and high ball one. Culp has got real good control, and he controls every pitch he's got. He's made some dandies pitching to Rudy and Jackson, two men who've been hot with that bat. One ball and no strikes to sell. Campy's on his way to third again. A throw down there. He slides. He makes it. Campy Campanera steals another one. That's number 27 in the stolen base column for Campanera. Fans, you got to come out and see this little guy. The A's will be home Friday night against the Twins at the Coliseum. And he is putting on a show. Now, that's a pretty good gamble right there. And he wouldn't have taken it if he hadn't have thought he could beat them. Culp will go around now, pitch off the full windup with a two-ball, no-strike count to Bando. Campy comes down the line about 35 feet, and the pitch is low for a ball. I thought he was coming to the plate that time. So did I. <laughs> that's, the best came, that's the best fake I've seen in a long time. He came full speed, 35 or 40 feet to the plate as Culp went into the wind. And he uh, might have helped Bando right then because Culp in a hurry to throw that ball thinking Campy was stealing. Threw it very low. Here's a 3-0 pitch. Down the middle with nothing on it. Strike one. Three balls and one strike. Cater is on deck if Bando can get on. Campanaris at third. Help to the line. Here's a 3-1 pitch. Curve is outside ball four. Now the A's have two on for Danny Cater. Cater came off the bench yesterday. He was being given a rest. But he came on and got a double off the wall, and he had a double off the wall here on Friday night. Danny's batting average is at 281 right now. He has 34 runs batted in. Ray Culp, fine pitcher for the Red Sox to the stretch. Pitch to Cater, low and away, ball one. Boy, he throws very few fastballs for a strikeout pitcher, Al. Yeah, I know that. He's got that good curveball working on. As you said, he's got a lot of control of it. He didn't throw Jackson one single fastball and threw Rudy only one and struck him out with it. It's the 1-0 pitch to Cater. Slider low and away. And that's ball two. And Colt's control has not been the best here in this first inning as yet. He got away with one pitch to Jackson. Reggie really had a cut at and just hit under the ball. Campanaris at third, Bando at first. We're in the top half of the first inning, two down. Here's the pitch to Cater. 
Slider calls track to the outside corner. He continues to throw the breaking ball when he's behind, even. Sure, Danny was up there looking for a fastball right then and wanted to make sure that he got a good one with the count 2-0. and oh. Instead, it was a breaking ball, so he took it. Colt turns around off the stretch. Here's the pitch. That ball hits the bat on Cater's shoulder. Foul strike two, and that ball was right up around his head. He ducked out of the way of it and couldn't get the bat out of the way. Now, that's going to make a big difference. The count is two and two instead of three and one, which it would have been. Matter of fact, I think Cater was lucky he didn't get hit with that pitch. Right on the end of the chin, too. Colt threw one of his infrequent fastballs and had Danny leaning and almost busted him right in the chin with it. It hit the bat behind his head as he was leaning his head away. So it's a two and two count now with Bando and Campanaris on. Ray Colt, the Boston right-hander, studies the signs thrown out by Gibson. Here's a pitch. Low one outside, ball three. Now Bando will take off with this pitch. Colt pitching very cautiously here in this first inning. Tracking out Rudy and Jackson, walking Bando, now has gone to full count on Cater. Sal gets ready to leave at first. He's gone, here's a pitch to Cater, low and outside, ball four, and that loads him up for Rick Monday. So the A's have got that first inning chance here again. We have had this in almost every game in the last week, where a lot of men are on in the first inning, just needing that big blow to break it open. And here's Monday, who had three hits yesterday. He has hit safely in six of his last seven ball games. Rick's batting 260 with 27 runs battered in and five homers. Two of his five home runs have been the jackpot, grand slammers. A base hit right here might score two runs, and I say might because it's so shallow and left that if it hit that way, it might only get one hit. Culp off the full windup, delivers to the plate. Curve outside to Monday, ball one. Monday, left-handed batting outfielder for the A's. Rick scored four times in yesterday's ball game. Campanaris at third, Bando at second, Cater at first, Ray Culp to the line. Here's the pitch. There's a foul ball back into the press box. One ball, one strike. Rick had a pretty good cut that time at a high curveball. Another good crowd of probably up around 25,000 here this afternoon. The Red Sox are already at the 700,000 mark attendance-wise. Colt pitches again to Monday. Fastball bounced back over the mound, off the glove of the pitcher, picked up for the second baseman, Schofield. He throws Monday out, and the side is retired. A very lucky break for Ray Colt that time. Monday bounced one over the mound. He just got his glove on and out to slow it up for Schofield. A big opportunity in the first inning to crack one wide open. No runs, one hit, three runners left on after a half inning. The A's nothing, Red Sox coming to bat.
first half of the first inning, and with great anticipation, we watch the pitching of Jim Nash now, who has not won a ball game since April the 25th. It's been about a month and a half since Jim won one, and he won three in a row, pitching spectacularly there up until that time. After his first uh, start of the year, he lost the Chicago White Sox three to nothing, though pitching a five hitter. He then won three to nothing over Kansas City and five to one over Kansas City and 14 to two over Seattle, allowing only three runs in 27 innings. Uh, then Jim came up with a little bit of a sore arm and has not won and has had that arm problems. He has pitched only two thirds of an inning in the last three weeks. And that was against Baltimore. He gave up two home runs in that one. So Jim Nash is on the mound to pitch to Dick Schofield. Switch hitting second baseman for Boston with an average of 351. He's having quite a year. A pitch from Jumbo is high and outside ball one. Larry Haney behind the plate for the A's today for his first catching assignment in an A's uniform. He's a man the A's just acquired in a trade with the Seattle Pilots for John Donaldson. Several pitchers on that Baltimore staff have told us in the past that Larry Haney is one of the best catchers they've ever thrown to. There's pitch. It's just outside for a ball. Nash complaining to Bob Stewart's plate umpire on that one. So the count is two balls and no strikes. Hank Bauer had Larry Haney over at Baltimore, and I recall when Haney went as the number two man in the expansion draft, second man picked by Seattle. Everybody was surprised that Baltimore would let him go. Here's a 2-0 pitch. That's down the middle of call strike 2-1 now. No score in the game. A big scare, but no score in the first. The A's got the bases loaded, as they have been so many times lately. Schofield batting left-handed. Gets ready. Here comes the 2-1 pitch. Burned in there for a call strike 2. Almost 1-1 for the Red Sox here on Friday night. Joel Rudy made an incredible catch going to his right towards the foul line off a left-hander's bat and backhanded the ball that would have scored two runs had it have gone through and would have set up a bigger inning. Nash Wines throws two and two to Schofield. Fastball strike three call and Schofield is out headed back to the dugout with his nose in the air. He's standing at home plate now coming back from the dugout. Yelling at Bob Stewart, he's acting as if he's not even hearing him. One out, one strikeout, and the batter is Dalton Jones, left-handed hitting first baseman for Boston. Jones is batting 251 with three home runs. Haney goes out of the mound to talk to uh, Nash now. I would imagine our pitchers were quite interested in talking to Larry Haney, who's been in the league with Baltimore for quite a few years, and... Uh, well, I guess about three years he'd been over there, or four. And then he'd gone to Seattle. So uh, Larry has the idea of two different pitching staffs on how they pitch the Boston Red Sox. So our pitchers more than likely uh, have been very interested in talking with him to find out if their pitching correlates with how Seattle and Baltimore work on these hitters. Here's a pitch to Jones. Strike call on the outside corner. Nash is not throwing the breaking ball yet. It seems to me that he's really got a good fastball so far. This temperature, it's 85 degrees in the shade. That's in the press box. It's got to be 92 or so out on that field right now with a high humidity. 
Here's the 0-1 pitch. Swing and a miss, strike two, and I'll tell you, Jones didn't come close to getting around on that one. Oh, he brought that one, didn't he? No way Jones got around on that ball. Well, Jumbo's got that big, easy windup that's really popping it so far. No balls, two strikes. Two different types of pitchers all together in Culp and Nash. Jim shaking off Haney. Now Haney goes out to the mound to talk to Nash again. See, this is the first time that uh, Larry has caught Jim. And it's going to take a while for these catchers to get together with these pitchers. It's not the easiest assignment in the world for a new catcher to come onto a ball club and catch on to the patterns that the pitchers have created themselves. No balls, two strikes, there's one out in the first. Here's the pitch. There's a curveball hit on the ground, Abando. He goes to his right, picks it up, throws the cater in time, and he got his man. So Jumbo had wanted to throw a curveball that time, apparently, and did, and got his man. Now here's Carl Yastrzemski, the king of the Red Sox, who hit two home runs here yesterday. Now has 17 for the season. Yastrzemski has 45 runs batted in. This guy had a great day yesterday himself, but it was completely hidden by the feet that Reggie Jackson accomplished. Show you the kind of player Yastrzemski is, though he had a great day with four hits, including two homers. He was saying what a disgraceful day it was to be beaten as a team like that yesterday. Fastball swung on a missed strike one. And Carl doesn't get cheated on his swings. He really takes one. Besides knocking in 45 runs, Yastrzemski has scored 39 this year. Left-handed batter, triple crown winner year before last, the batting leader last year in the American League. Jumbo Jim winds and fires 0-1. Curve is a little low. It's 1-1 one one now. In the doubleheader tomorrow in Kansas City, it'll be Catfish Hunter and George Lazarique for the Oakland days. We don't know who will pitch for Kansas City as yet. the weather in Kansas City today they say is beautiful and long-range forecast for three good days. Here's a pitch. Jastrzemski hits one high up in the air behind the plate. Haney may or may not have a play. It's close to the stands. Wynn moving it back onto the field and Larry makes the catch. A lot of catchers catch that ball with the mitt up on that one and we were interested in seeing how Haney did it. Haney makes some basket type with the mitt up uh, down around the waist. So it's three up three down here in the first inning. And the score after one inning, the Red Sox and the A's, nothing, nothing. Catalina for about the same money as one of those smaller cars? 
That's right, the catch of the year. Catalina waiting for you now at the High Trading Pontiacers. Let's pause here for station identification. This is the Oakland A's Baseball Network. This is the place, KNVR Radio 68, AM and FM in San Francisco. Nick Green leads off with the first pitch to him from Ray Culp with a slow, tantalizing curveball right in there for a strike. Greeny had three hits yesterday in this ball game and three runs batted in. He's now hitting 267 for the year. Fastball hit up into the air right behind the plate. The catcher, Gibson, coming back in front of the stands and can't get it. That ball didn't go in the seats either. Gibson just made a rather bad move behind the plate that time. He turned the wrong way. The umpire was standing his ground, and the umpire won't make a move until the catcher makes his move. That's the first thing that has to happen. You might wonder sometimes how those guys avoid uh, collisions more often. The umpire will stand there behind the plate on a pop-up and let the catcher make the first move, and then he breaks the other way. Well, Gibson broke the wrong way. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Green. Fastball fouled off, and Greeny had a good cut. Dick Green had a uh, home run taken away from him here yesterday. He hit it right over the railing and the Boston bullpen. Joe LaHood made a leaping grab of the ball. It was caught so deep, and he fell down that Cater scored from second on a sacrifice fly. Ball. The green is high. It's one and two now. Green has hit six home runs, has 25 runs batted in. Now Culp gets set. Here's pitch. Curveball fell off. Green actually threw his bat at that ball just to try to meet it. He had been fooled on it. The best pitcher I know of right now in the American League as far as keeping batters off stride. You just don't know what kind of a speed that ball's coming up there with. He's changing speeds constantly. And then he's got that good fastball, which you must respect. So it's one and two on Green. Here's Vetch. Outside with a slider. Two and two. Now think of this if you're a batter. This guy throws a hard slider, a hard fastball, a slow curveball, and a palm ball. Now that's four different speeds of pitches. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Fastball, Green hits it high in the air to left field. I don't know if that one's deep enough or not. Jastrzemski's right at the wall, holding up, coming in now in one hand. Green just missed the Green Monster out there in left field by about three feet. Jastrzemski had his back to the wall when he caught that one. One out in the second inning. Here is Larry Haney for the Oakland A's. While playing with Seattle, Larry accumulated a batting average of 254. He had hit three home or two home runs for Seattle. He's a right-hand batter. The pitch to him is a call strike fastball right through there. Again, the fastball, this time it's outside and low. One ball, one strike. The score here in the second inning is the A's nothing and the Red Sox nothing. Jim Nash against Ray Culp. The A's trying for their third win in a row to protect their first place spot in the Western Division of the American League. 
1-1 pitch. There's a drive in the left field, and he has hit one foul by about a foot. Haney really wrapped that ball in. A line drive out over third. It was curving, and it landed foul. It has to be by a foot or less because it landed on the dirt. And it's only 24 inches from the stands in left to the foul line in left. As they run parallel there for about, oh, 60 or 75 feet. And Larry hit one right in that crack. Should have been an easy double for him. Instead, it's a long strike. It's one ball, two strikes to count now. Colt throws outside for the breaking ball. It's two and two. number 12. Pitch. Swinging. Strike three. Got him on a fastball. So Ray Culp, strikeout king of the American League so far this year. He's got 94 now, including three today. And here's Jim Nash with two out in the second inning. Inning is the A's nothing and the Red Sox nothing. Nash against Ray Culp. The A's trying for their third win in a row to protect their first place spot in the Western Division of the American League. 1-1 pitch. There's a drive in the left field, and Haney has hit one foul by about a foot. Haney really wrapped that ball in. A line drive out over third. It was curving, and it landed foul. It has to be by a foot or less because it landed on the dirt. It's only 24 inches from the stands in left to the foul line in left. As they run parallel there for about, oh, 60 or 75 feet. And Larry hit one right in that crack. Could have been an easy double for him. Instead, it's a long strike. It's one ball, two strikes to count now. Colt throws outside for the breaking ball. It's two and two. Number 12. Pitch. Swinging. Strike three. Got him on a fastball. So Ray Culp, strikeout king of the American League so far this year, has got 94 now, including three today. And here's Jim Nash with two out in the second inning. Dobson hooked up in quite a pitching battle out in Oakland recently, and Colt won it. The pitch to Nash. Fouled off, strike one. That one went right into the telecasting booth of the Boston Red Sox. Didn't miss that camera by much either, Monty. Broadcast crew here in Boston has one of the finest players in Boston history, Johnny Pesky, on their crew. Here's Colt, though, one pitch to Nash. Slider is outside, one and one. Johnny also managed this ball club here for a while. He certainly did. It's interesting. He and uh, Jaspimski used to have some real battles, uh, public battles in the press. Nash has a good cut at a fastball and fouls it back. Strike two. One ball, two strikes. Colt throws to Nash. Curve ball, it's fouled off. 
score. Sunshiny time right now in Boston. I can tell you there were some anxious moments today about whether this game would be played. Side ball two. Bill Posdell, his pitching coach, was telling some funny stories today in the dugout prior to the games. There's no batting practice. Everybody always tries to get Posdell started telling stories. He was telling about when Nash first joined the A's organization in the minor leagues. Nash hit this ball foul out of play. The A's pulled one of the greatest cover-up jobs in the history of professional baseball, maybe, after signing Jim. They brought him down to their minor league camp, a minor league team in Florida, Leesburg, and Bobby Hoffman was coaching at that time, or managing that ball club, and they wouldn't let Nash uh, suit up for the ball games. They were trying to hide him because you could lose a man in the first year draft. Here's a pitch. Nash swings and misses strike three, and that retires the side. Kulp has struck out four A's batters already in this game, and after an inning and a half, it's nothing-nothing. Hello, everybody. This is Frank Dill, and welcome to another in our series of programs called Meet the KNBR Disc Jockey. Unfortunately, we have received some comments from people who feel that I've done entirely too much talking during these interviews and that I haven't been giving our interview guests a chance to say enough, so I've asked Dave Niles to come in, and Dave, would you mind interviewing Don Clark? Our not, not, at, not at all, Frank. He's, I our, he's our afternoon man, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I heard that. I heard from, that. From 2 to 6, Dave. Well, I'd kind of like to and, talk uh, to Would you do the interview tonight? See, the problem is, Dave, that we've had a lot of people uh, call the station. <laughs> <laughs> they must have said some <laughs> funny things. Well, you know, and they're complaining, you see, that I don't give the, <laughs> the guests a chance to say well, it. I, I think we ought to understand it. I think, wait a minute, John, we're going to get and to so you. so I was wondering, Dave, if on the next program, because we're all out of time, you could <laughs> conduct the interview. We're out of time, folks. Last half of the second inning coming on now, the number four hitter for the Boston Red Sox, Reggie Smith, Enrico Petroselli, and Tony Conegliaro against Jim Nash. Two weeks from today, the A's will play a doubleheader against the Minnesota Twins at the Oakland Coliseum. Our tickets are on sale at all United California banks throughout Northern California, at all Smith stores, and at the Oakland Coliseum ticket offices of the Oakland A's. You may order by mail if you like. Tickets are $3.50 for lower deck box seats, $3 for all reserved seats in the house, and a dollar and a half for general admission. Except for youngsters 12 and under can come into any A's game for only 75 cents in the general admission section. So why don't you plan to join us for a doubleheader two weeks from today at the Oakland Coliseum against the Minnesota Twins. And we'll be battling them for the league leadership probably. To entertain the crowd uh, between games, 105 feet. State Championship Vanguard Drum and Bugle Corps from Sunnyvale will be entertaining. Reggie Smith, switch hitting center fielder, the first pitch to him from Nash is low, ball one. Smith has nine home runs. He's hit seven left-handed, two right-handed. His average is 318, having a real good year for the Red Sox. One ball and no strikes. 
throws to the plate, curve high, ball two. Smith backs out and Ash for the pine tar rag to be thrown to him. A day like today, it's going to be kind of tough to get a real good grip on that bat. These guys will be perspiring, their hands and arms will be wet all day. Jumbo throws a fastball through there like a rocket. Strike one. I don't know how long Jim can keep this pace up throwing the ball that hard, but so far today, he is really throwing it. Here's the 2-1 pitch on the way. Strike two. Ooh. Hard fastball, chest high. Sox four times in his major league career. They've beaten him three times. Count goes to two and two on the Red Sox leadoff man here in the second inning. And he puts that mid up for the target. Here's the pitch. Change up curveball. Misses the outside. It's ball three. Pitch due now at three and two to Smith. And here it comes. Fastball hit on the ground toward Danny Cater. Good backhanded pickup by Danny. He throws the jumbo covering first for the out. The ball took a bad hop on Cater. He couldn't decide whether to come in on it or go back. And he finally decided to go back because the ball was to him. And he backhanded it off to his right. Got a good glove over there at first base. Here's Rico Petroselli, who has had to stand by and watch his American League home run leadership evaporate in the presence of Reggie Jackson in the series. But Rico's got 20 home runs, 39 runs batted in, and he's hitting 328 for average. So this guy is having a tremendous year. He's a right-handed batter, not really too big like you would expect a home run man to be. The pitch from Nash, high ball one. strikes. One downer in the second. Jim is working a little slowly, trying to pace himself. You've got to do that on a day like today. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Right in there. Strike call. One and one. Had a complete sellout here on Friday night. Over 20,000 yesterday, and it's got to be 25 or 30 today. There's a liner headed to left, and it's deep off the top of the wall. Picked up by Monday. He's going into second base. Way of a play. Green puts the tag on out at second. A tremendous throw by Rick Monday on the carom off the wall in left center field. Rick Monday played that carom of that rocket hit by Petroselli. He was in left center field. He made a perfect tag to Dick Green, and Petroselli is out. By Monday. It goes as a single for Petroselli. And that's where the Boston Wall hurt. I believe in most other parts in the league that would have been a home run. 
Now here's uh, Tony Conigliaro against Nash. The lineup is low, ball one. A lot of times the real line drives hit in this ballpark become disappointing singles or doubles. So that wall out there, I think, just makes the greatest game there is out of it. You can get a cheap home run or a hard out. Here's a pitch. Swing and a miss by Conigliaro for a strike. It's one and one. Tony C. has 10 home runs. 38 runs batted in this year, and he's hitting 264. After that uh, pitch right then, it was a high slider, and Conigliaro almost got both feet off the ground going for it. Dick Green came in from second base, and Haney's out on the mound from behind the plate to talk to Nash. I don't think really they had to remind Jim of that, it's because he knew where that ball was, and he knew what would have happened to it if Conigliaro would have hit it. Boy, that Petroselli really hit a rocket. Wall out here at Boston's Fenway Park, in case you've never heard us talk about it, is 40 feet high, but only 315 feet from the plate. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Curveball swung on and missed, and that was a beauty. Jumbo pulled the string and dropped that one in right on the knees. Monday, a left-handed thrower really uncorked the beauty to Green at second, and it really wasn't very close down there. Wines a one-two pitch at a curve, just outside and low for a ball. Haney started the dugout with the ball in his mitt that time. He thought he had him struck out. Canigliaro was hit with a pitch here before last and knocked out of the World Series action the Red Sox had after having a great first part of the year to help him get there. Two-two pitch, curve ball, swung on that miss, strike three. Nash didn't throw him one fastball. Tremendous pitching by Jumbo. He strikes out Conigliaro. In the second, no runs, one hit. Nobody left on. And after two innings of play, it's the A's nothing and the Red Sox nothing. How would you like to see one of these very exciting Oakland A's baseball games and at the end of the ball game, go home with, say, uh, a Shetland pony and a saddle and a western outfit and boots and all, or maybe one of uh, hundreds of other gifts? Well, that could be you, and it could happen to you when the Chicago White Sox pay a visit to the Oakland Coliseum on Saturday afternoon, June the 28th. Well, you know we're talking about Farmer's Day, and boy, a lot of things have been coup de pat for that afternoon. Not only will uh, these gifts be given away, but you'll have, uh, well, for example, 200 gallons of butane gas, 1,000 grapes, 200 uh, 2,000 potatoes, 25 gallons of red paint, a ton of cubed alfalfa hay. There will be a prize, blue ribbon hog, either live or slaughtered, from uh, the Alameda County Fair, 25 pairs of Levi's. And not only that, but you'll be seeing the world's smallest horse, Clydesdale Draft Hitch Team, and uh, Texas Longhorn Steers. Get your tickets well in advance and join us for Farmer's Day, Saturday, June the 28th. See you at the ballpark. Here's Campy Campanaris. Little Campy got the A's off to a start in that first inning again today. Got a single, stole second, and was at second with nobody down. Called four down and struck out Rudy and Jackson, walked Mando and Cater, and then got Monday on the ground out. So the A's didn't score, but Campy put two more stolen bases on there. Here's a pitch. He ran up on it and takes a low ball one. He got a bunch single his first time up as he pushed it past the mound, forcing the first baseman to field the ball, and then he outran Culp to first with a fall away hook slide into the bag. He beat it out. Mr. Excitement in baseball right here. Pitch taken low to him. It's two balls and no strikes. Little Campy's hit two home runs this year. 
has 57 base hits. He led the American League in total hits last year. He had more hits than any other player in the league. 2-0 pitch. He tried to get his bat out of the way and couldn't. The ball hits it and goes as a foul. That fastball of Colts has done that now twice today. He doesn't throw many, and when he throws it, he tries to bust it by you on the inside. And he got you leaning. Now twice, A's batters have had that fastball of Colts hit the bat when they're trying to get out of the way. It's two balls and one strike now on Campy. Pitch. That's high ball three. Campanaris in a very severe crouch at the plate. He's got a very painful injury in his neck, but he keeps playing. 3-1 pitch. Ball four. Campanaris is on there to start the third inning. And that's got to make him worry a little bit again. crowd starts to buzz, and if we were at home, we could hear the beep-beep and the go-go for Campy. We just heard one here. We got some A's fans here. I can hear that. They got one of the air horns here. And there was the Campy call right then, a little beep-beep. Came right from behind our dugout, didn't it? Look that way. Here's Joe Rudy up there now. Joe, very reliable to make, not making contact. Struck out his first time up there. In this game, Campy with a lead at first base. Colt holding. Here's the pitch. Taken high for a ball. Campy picked a good time to hold on right then. <laughs> might draw a pitch out right here if Colt weren't having a little control problems. Might have it anyway. Joe Rudy, 22-year-old outfielder from Modesto, California. Here's a throw back over to first. Campy has to slide to get back in there. nine bases now in the last five ball games. Huge lead he's got at first. Draws a throw again and beats the tag with a slide. Colt's going to try to tire him out apparently. Count 1-0 and oh on Joe Rudy. Colt really holding a long time. There goes Campy. The pitch is swung on and pop foul behind the plate. Holding that ball up, and Gibson makes the catch. Rudy is out, number one. Campanaris had faked the start and held on. The wind is blowing very hard here, right straight out towards the outfield. And those balls that come back up in the air behind the plate will always go back towards the field anyway without wind. But with the wind today, that ball was blown from over the top of the press box right down onto the playing field, and Gibson made the catch. Now here's Reggie Jackson. Jackson struck out his first time up in this game. Here's the pitch. Taken high and inside, and Cope is pitching inside on him all afternoon. Jackson's run batted in day. Second biggest in the history of the American League. Only Tony Lazeri, who knocked in 11 runs in one game, has ever had more RBIs in a game than Jackson did. on the left-handed batter. Big lead at first for Campy. He's going. Here's the pitch. Swung on the head on the ground to right field. Off the glove and down into the corner. Campanera's rounding third and he is being raised in. Here comes the throw. And Campy scores. 
second. The Roadrunner scores all the way from first base on a liner in the short right field. Tony Canigliaro came on. Johnny McNamara, the third base coach, stayed with Campy all the way that time and kept watching the outfield to see where the uh, when the ball was going to be picked up. He finally saw Canigliaro pick it up and never did slow down Campaneris. When Johnny finally gave Campy that wave, he was, I'd say, no more than all oh, 25 feet away from the plate. McNamara had run down the line to help Campy as long as he could. Now there's a case where we learned right then the wind is really going to be a factor today on balls thrown in from the outfield. It's going to really take something to throw a guy out at the plate because the wind is blowing that way. This is true, and you'll find that uh, is going to uh, also hinder, perhaps in some cases, and maybe even help to play on the infield, to throw to the infield, too. Reggie Jackson goes to second. He gets a single, a run batted in on some tremendous base running by Campaneras. Reggie hit that ball through the right side of the infield. It just hit the glove of the first baseman to slow it down. Now the A's lead one to nothing. Here's Captain Sal Bando. Jackson at second. Cole pitches. Bando hits one high in the air to left field. That one is pretty deep. Right back at the wall. Yastrzemski holding up. He's got it. Jackson all the way down to third. They're going to double him up. He's out at second base. Reggie Jackson pulled a bonehead right there. I don't know what in the world happened. He was running to third base on that ball hit by Bando. It looked as if it might hit the wall. Get through the ball back in on the fly at a second, and Reggie was dead. 
Now Nash throws to Scott. Curve outside and low. It's one and one. One ball, one strike. The pitch. Scott takes it outside. Big George Scott, the Red Sox third baseman, is batting 206. But he's got six home runs and 15 runs batted in. I think that's one of the things that makes this ballpark so great for baseball. You always got that wall to contend with out there. You got the jagged edges in the outfield, the curved right field corner, the low stands, and the people right close to you. And the base runners always wondering on a fly ball to left if it's going to hit the wall or not. A lot of thrills in this park. I hope they never leave it. Here's the 2-1 pitch. Scott takes low and outside ball three. and managed to hit it through there and because Campy was running they were able to score on a single from first base. Here's a 3-2 pitch. Straight three swinging Nash buzz one by him. That's three strikeouts for Jumbo here this afternoon. Now here's Russ Gibson the Boston catcher. Gibson batting only 2-12 with one homer and eight runs batted in yet he is the number one catcher for the Red Sox and it is as a result of that that the Red Sox are playing one man short right now. Joe Askew, their catcher they picked up in that trade with Cleveland, is AWOL at his home in Kansas City. Here's a pitch. Call strike. They've just changed Jackson's uh, ruling. I thought he had that uh, double made a minute ago because the ball was rolling very slowly and Reggie never stopped rounding first. They had originally given him a single. It has to go as a double now. Here's Nash pitching to Gibson 1-0. High foul ball up in the air behind the plate. It's not going to come back this time, though. Haney stays right there at the wall, hoping it will, but he never did. Ooh, and that hit a lady right in the head. Three big men standing right around her, all reaching for it, but chickened out right at the last minute, and that ball hit her right in the head. Oh, she must be pretty tough. She comes up smiling. She's... I bet she leaves. Wow. Take her out of here. I hope she's not hurt. Maybe a glancing blow. One ball and one strike. The pitch. There's a liner to right field. Base hit. That Gibson, an amazing guy. He puts his foot in the bucket on every pitch. Blows his head in the lights towards left field and hits the ball to right. <laughs> That's how late he was on Nash's fastball. It goes as a single, and it brings up the Boston pitcher, Ray Cole, a right-hand batter. I tell you no secret about being a fan at a ball game. On foul balls up in the air, keep your eye on them all the way. If you keep watching, you can always dodge right at the last second, but if you don't know where it is, you don't know where to dodge. And don't depend on those grandstand heroes. They don't help. 
Hayes looking for the bunt. Culpa flashes, but foul tips the ball. Strike one. Red Sox have Dick Schofield on deck. Pretty good hitter, so they're going to try to move the runner from first base over to second on the bunt. Hayes are leading one to nothing. And pops out again here. Culp cocks that bat at the plate. Nash gets ready. Culp squares around, fakes the bunt, and takes it low. He has then gone back to swing. But it wasn't in there. One ball, one strike. That time, it indicated that he didn't want a bunt anymore. Here's the pitch. He swings, hits a bouncer to short at camp. He's got it. He drops the ball. Pitches up first. Got one anyway. A sure double play ball, which would have ended the inning. Camp and Aerosmith handle it on the big hop. And as a result, the Red Sox get Gibson in at second base. Cope is out at first as Campy recovered and threw him out. But now Schofield... Comes up with a chance for a base hit could score the tying run of the game. That was going to be as easy a double play as you could ever manufacture. A head high hopper to Campy, and he just got a little hurry to get it out of the glove and dropped it. Made a fine recovery just to get one. Now here's Schofield. He was out on strikes his first time up, but he's been the hottest hitter the Red Sox have had the last two weeks. Really chokes up on that bat. Here's the pitch to him. Swing and a miss, strike one. Nash is not throwing him any breaking stuff. He's powder river in that ball. Run right on through there. We're in the third inning. It's one nothing Oakland with the Red Sox having a man at second base and two down. uses a pretty big bat for a little guy, but he's well up on the handle. Curveball. That one just misses the outside corner one and one. So Jim did throw him a breaking pitch. Changed the pace there a little bit on him. He had been throwing nothing but fireballs so far. So it goes to one and one on Ducky. Here's the pitch. Curveball again. It's over the plate, but low. Ball two. Oh, Jim has just missed with his two curveballs. Gibson comes down off second base just a little ways. He is not paying him too much attention. The game is right now at the plate. with a fastball and it's fouled off. Strike two. Two and two count with two down. Two weeks from this afternoon, a doubleheader with the Minnesota Twins at the beautiful Oakland Coliseum. Why don't you go buy one of your nearby UCB banks or Smith store tomorrow and get tickets. You can get just as good a tickets at any of those places as you can get at the Coliseum due to our fine communication network we have set up all over Northern California. Get the same ticket at any of the banks or Smith stores you can get at the Coliseum. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Fouled off. 
Schofield hanging in there pretty tough this time with two strikes on him. With that fiery Billy Martin in there and the big home run hitter Harmon Killebrew, Chico Cardenas, Tony Oliva, we'll have quite a weekend series with those twins next weekend. June 21st. Here's the pitch. There's a bouncing ball headed to right. Dick Green dives, knocks it down. He's going to first. He's got him, an unbelievable play. Dick Green turns in a diving stop in right field and a ball headed in there for a hit. And that saved the run. The least I could hope for that time was this. He would stop and the guy at first base. He did it, and the scintillating A's continue to sparkle in defense. Well, three innings have come and gone, and the score is still the A's one and a Red Sox nothing. the bargains the high trading Pontiacers are giving on Pontiac Le Mans. See them today and find out why a car doesn't have to look like a bargain to be one. Well, I don't know, Al, if you can describe one play like that and give it justice, but Green just saved a run on one of the greatest plays you'll ever see an infielder make. I don't think I've ever seen a second baseman make a play any any prettier than that. And, uh, I mean, really make it, make it real well. Ready to go into the fourth inning now, and here's Al. Marty, uh, let's quickly pause for station identification right after Danny Cater. So uh, hang tight with us, fellas. First pitch to Danny Cater swung on. There's a line shot up in the power alley left center field. That's going to be in there for the base hit. Danny Cater down to first base. He'll hold on with a single. Let's pause now for station identification. This is the Oakland A's Baseball Network. This is the place, KNBR Radio, AM and FM in San Francisco. It's 60 degrees in the city. to the plate now is Rick Mundy. Rick came up in the first inning and uh, was out number three to retire the side when he hit a ball off Culp's glove and slowed it down for Schofield to make a play to get him at first base. Rick Mundy game time batting at 260. Danny Cater is on at first base having hit a single into the power alley in left center field. He's the runner at first and um, Jones holding the corner. The pitch swung on for Mundy. There's a high fly ball hit deep in the center field. Going way back forward is Reggie Smith. Look at it. It's out of here. Now, three to nothing. Well, the 
didn't help that one, Monty, but nevertheless, that ball was hit. The only thing, Al, it helped, the wind helped it go into the bleachers instead of the bullpen. Because that one was going to be a home run when he hit it. It really carried, though. He really got some good wood on that one. Now, here's Dick Green up at the plate. Dick's over one. Nope is ready. Delivers the plate. Green swings on. Hits one hopper down to third base. George Scott up with it. Throws over to first base to Dalton Jones, and Green is out. Well, there was no two ways about the fact that Monday had cackled one that time. Now here comes Larry Haney. If there's any doubt about the measurement on that one, Al, that ball landed about four feet from where it says 420 feet. There's a sign right where it hit. <laughs> they won't have to get the tape measure out for this one, Monty. It's already been posted out there for Rick. 420 feet right into center field. He really cut it. And he hit it against Ray Culp, the toughest pitcher the Boston Red Sox have in the win and loss department. Here is Larry Haney. Swings on the first pitch and fouls it away. 29 runs driven in now for Rick Monday on this his sixth home run. And for the Oakland A's, that'll be their 57th home run this year. Three to nothing. That's how it stands in favor of Oakland. Larry Haney, right-hand hitter, stands deep at the plate. Takes a pitch low. One ball, one strike count to Larry Haney, who, as Monty has already told you, hit 254 for the uh, Seattle Pilots. And had two home runs, seven runs driven in. He's 0 for 1 today, struck out. Backs off the fastball, knee high on the inside. That's ball two. Two balls and one strike. Culp has given up only four base hits for the Oakland A's, but it's costing three runs. It's swung on by Henny. There's a high pop-up going back to second base. Under the Schofield, makes a catch, and there's a second out. That'll bring on Jim Nash, who struck out in the second inning. One of the four strikeouts put up on the board by uh, starting pitcher Rick Culp. Nash is capable of hitting the long ball and uh, quite often will hit a lot of power. In game time, he was batting at 167, had uh, but one run driven in for the ball club. Nash carries a great big bat up there, leans over the plate, swings on the first pitch and doesn't get it. Culp had the slider dancing in there. No ball, one strike count. had uh, one extra base blow, incidentally, a triple. Pitch the plate evens the count up on Nash now, one ball and one strike. Nash leaning over the plate, Culp flaps his wing, throws the fastball into the dirt. Two ball and one strike count on Nash with two outs here in the top half of the fourth inning. Which the A's put two more runs up on the board after Cater singled the left center field. Rick Monday hit the straightaway center field stands for a 420-foot home run. Two more runs up on the board, so it's now three to nothing in favor of the A's. Sculp delivers. Nash backs off, takes a curve across the shoes. It's count of three and one. Nash gets on. We'll have Campanaris up there again. Campanaris put quite a show on in the first inning. Stealing his 26th and 27th base. Pitch, Nash takes. That's in there for strike. Three and two to Big Jim. Fred Eagle out in batter's box, too. A little wider than he usually stands. 3-2 delivery. Called strike three. Popped in there to me. Don Ash is out. Advertise the side here. There's strikeout number five is put up on the boards by Ray Culp. However, he uh, surrenders two more runs here in the top of the fourth inning to the Oakland A's on two base hits, including Monday's two-run home run. 
There were no errors and nobody left on. So the score at the end of three and one half innings of play, it is open three and Boston nothing. Hi, this is Don Clark. Afternoons on KNBR. You know you'll love KNBR if you love sports. We've got all the exciting play-by-play action of Oakland A's baseball and San Francisco Warriors basketball. Daily sports reports from Frank Dell and Hank Greenwald. Fishing reports from Bill Ellery. And the KNBR Sports Club, giving you, the listener, a chance to win lots of good prizes. So be a good sport. Listen to KNBR. Where the good life is. Radio 68. News can happen anytime, anywhere. This is Bill Ryan with a reminder that NBC News makes sure you are informed and aware at all times. All day, every day, the staff of NBC News brings you the news as it happens. Not only through regular newscasts, but also via NBC Radio's hotline. Available day and night to spread news swiftly and accurately. News doesn't wait, neither does hotline on NBC Radio. Pitches into the last half of inning number four here at Fenway Park in Boston. The first man to face him will be first baseman Dalton Jones. Jones will be followed by Kyle Yastrzemski, and then following Yastrzemski will have Smith. Jim Nash with three runs to go on. The A's have three runs on four hits, including Monday's two-run home run. The Boston Red Sox no runs, but two base hits off Nash. Petrosetti singled in the second inning, and Gibson singled in the third. Here's Dalton Jones, who's 0 for 1. Bounced out third baseman Sal Bando when he came up the first time. A left-hand hitter stands deep in batter's box and away from the plate. Right side of the infield goes deep. Nash throws the fastball. Rips it through under the knees for ball one. Nick Green has already made one spectacular play at second base. Back on the rim of the outfield grass, plugging up the hole between first and second with his left-hand hitter up there. The outfield playing just about straight away. Rudy playing left field, is playing dead left and playing it deep. Nash's fastball, swung on a miss. Jones really had a pretty good ripple at that one. Jones, a left-handed batter, could be followed by Carl Yastrzemski, who is also a left-handed hitter. Now for the pitch to play. Down it comes, there's that fastball low. Two balls and one strike. broken out again here. The wind continues to blow out from center field. This nice shakes off Larry Haney. Haney making his first start for his new ball club, the Oakland A's. Holds the middle as a target. Nash comes down with a fastball and attempting to bump the ball. It's fouled away. Two balls and two strikes now. Jones has moved in on that ball as if he was going to try to drag it down the first base side. Ready now to throw two and two. Lenny Haney has signed for the pitch. Nash is ready to throw it. The pitch to Jones. Over the top fastball. And they sit down to Danny Keeter. Nice stop by Danny. From a phone position, falls to his pitcher covering. And there is the third great defensive play we've seen in this ballgame by the Oakland A's. Oh, you 
going to put a star up on that one for Danny Cater. He dives off to his right on from a prone position. Took the ball out of his glove and whipped it over to Big Jim Nash, covering it first place. What a play. He was sitting on the ground, flat sitting down when he threw that ball. He dived, rolled completely over one time and came up in a sitting position. Oh, I don't know. When a team gets hot like the York Oakland A's are right now, you see a lot of sparkling plays like this. Now, here's Carl Yastrzemski. That was taken at base hit, and Danny Cater didn't believe it. Nice throws the curveball, and it's in there for the strike. Now, I'll bring it, make it uh, The fact that they'll leave their feet and dive down on that ground after it is an indication of the type of ball they're playing. You talk about hustle baseball, these A's are playing it right now, and they've always played it. You come on out to the Coliseum and see some of this hustle baseball. It's really fine. Here's Claudia Stremski waiting for the 0-1 delivery. Big Jim Nash picks the ball out of his mitt, goes over the head, kicks one time, throws, fastball. Run on, there's a ball hit deep to center field. Monday way back for the break in the wall. Waits, he's got it. Boy, there was a ball that was hit about 410 feet from home plate. Rick Monday did not give up on it. And there's another sparkling defensive play. So there's a second out here in the last half of the fourth inning. Oh, oh, oh these guys came to play today, believe me. Now, five great plays were made here Friday night by the A's, and now that's three or four here this afternoon already, and we had some made yesterday. Danny made a good play yesterday. The thing about this ball club is, uh, boy, I got to tell you, these people in Boston, uh, and they come out and they cheer the opponent's good plays. They're going to have something to talk about this club for a while. But I'll tell you, they just cheered Rick Mundy on that catch. Rick Mundy wheeled as soon as he, uh, he could hear the crack of the bat. He wheeled and started for it. Dead center field, and he was way back for the wall and leaped high back where it says 420 feet. And took it as the ball was ticketed for the wall. Now here's Reggie Smith batting left-handed. The switch hitter is 0 for 1 today. Bunched out to Danny Cater in the second inning. Cater making the play to his pitcher covering. Soft curveball. is low and outside. That's ball one. I hope as hard as they're hitting that ball now is not an indication that Jumbo is getting uh, too tired too early. I doubt that. He looks like he's uh, pacing himself pretty well, Monty. Nods to Larry Haney's sign. Here comes the 1-0 pitch. There's the fastball. Swung on. Look out. Right under our microphone. One ball, one strike count on Reggie the Rifle. Well, we've seen some kind of baseball in this series, believe me. Yesterday had quite a Donnybrook, 21-7. This ball game... Not quite of that variety. We've had a lot of good defensive work in this ball game today. The Red Sox sort of fell apart yesterday. They had six errors. The A's had two, but they had 25 base hits and 21 runs. Left-hand batting Reggie Smith. Nice to him with a fastball. On a check swing, hit back over the mound, coming in. And find a handle on the ball. Reggie Smith is off. Low-bounding ball, hit high over the mound. Cavaliers came charging in to try to make a pickup and play at first base. Good night, it'll go as the base hit. That's third hit given up by Nash here this afternoon. Three-nothing ball game. The Oakland A's are out in front. They're trying to uh, sweep the series here with the Boston Red Sox right on their home ground. Rico Petroselli has one of the three hits just given up by Nash with one out in the second inning. Petroselli... Hit a line shot off the wall in left field, was out there trying to stretch it into a double, and a fine throw from Rick Mundy. The first good defensive play. Not quite a bad variety. We've had a lot of defensive work in this ballgame today. Red Sox sort of fell apart yesterday. They had six errors. 
The A's had two, but they had 25 base hits and 21 runs. Left-hand batting, Reggie Smith. Nash to win for the fastball. On a check swing, hit back over the mound, coming in, Campanaris. Can't find a handle on the ball, Reggie Smith is off. Slow bounding ball, hit high over the mound. Campanaris keeps charging in to try to make a pickup and play at first base. Good night, it'll go as a base hit. given up by Nash here this afternoon. 3-0 ball game. The Oakland A's are out in front. They're trying to uh, sweep the series here with the Boston Red Sox right on their home ground. Rico Petroselli has one of the three hits of given up by Nash with one out in the second inning. Petroselli hit a line shot off the wall in left field was out uh, trying to stretch it into a double on a fine throw from Rick Mundy. The first good defensive play in the ball game. Pitch to him on the check swing is a call strike. Played up our Bob Stewart said that Petrosetti had gone around a little bit too far on that one. He's a pretty tough guy at that plate, this Petrosetti. Little short, thick uh, set guy. Batting 328 at game time with 20 home runs. He finds only Jackson ahead of him in the American League with 22. Nash checks a runner at first, delivers a play, fastball low, right across the shoe tops. One ball and one strike count. Last half inning number four. Oakland scored one time in the third inning to lead one to nothing, then picked up two runs in the top of the fourth inning. They're out in front three to nothing. The Boston Red Sox trying to get up on the board. Have two down here in the last half of the fourth inning. Smith on what might even be a, called a pleader. High bounding ball. It's slowly back over the mound as a runner at first base. The pitch is swung on. There's a high pop foul. This will spin back to the crowd out of play. One ball and two strikes. A count on Petroselli. Should he get on, Tony Conigliero will bid the bat. Well, I tell you, one thing about it, Marty, if this ball club, the Oakland A's, win this uh, ball game today against the Red Sox, they'll go storming into Kansas City, that's for sure. We've got four games in there in the next three days, and uh, of course there'll be big crowds in there too, Al. We've had good crowds everywhere we've gone on this road trip. We did lose one 50,000 sellout at Detroit because of a rainout last Sunday. Well, there'll be more big crowds. Everyone getting interested in these Oakland days. Everyone talking about them. Over-the-top fastball, way inside right off the kneecaps. Two balls and two strikes. Count on Rico Petroselli, the Boston shortstop. The Oakland A's in the seven ball games they've been able to play on this trip in between the Raynards have won five and have lost but two. Reggie Smith, the runner for Boston first base, Danny Cater on the corner. The umpire down there is Marty Springstead. Nash checks back over the left shoulder, watching that short lead that is being carried by Smith. Now he's ready to pitch to Petroselli. Down comes that pitch. Fastball swung on and hit down deep shortstop. Can't be over in the hole up with it. Hurries to throw across the diamond in time. And, and Petroselli is safe because Cater drops the ball. for the Red Sox here as Peter at first base had that ball in his left hand dropped it. He had the runner. Campanaris had the runner by a good two strides. Well, Petroselli is the runner now at first base on Danny Cater's error. Smith is the runner at second. Great throw from Campy out of the hole. I tell you, I didn't think he had a chance, but he got that strong throw away right on target. I don't know how Danny dropped that one. His race is high and he had it. 
but he did, and uh, needless to say, that'll happen to the greatest. You've got to come up with a few of them once in a while, and Danny Cater came up with this one. No one feels worse about it than the guy that made the error. Here's Tony Canigliaro coming up the plate now. He represents the tying run for Boston at the plate with two down and two on. Smith at second, and uh, Petroselli is on at first base. Tony Canigliaro has been up one time and struck out for Nash to retire the side in the second inning. Big Jim comes set, looks back at second, comes over the top of the fastball, rips it in there for the strike. Now comes the time that Nash has to bear down. Rudy playing dead left field, playing it deep. Rick Mundy over in left center field, playing deep. Left side of the infield deep. Bando pulled to the line about a step and a half off the line. Nash ready to pitch to this 264 hitter. Delivers a soft curveball. It does not come down. It stays higher. Out of flutters. One ball and one strike to count here on Tony C. Two down here in the last half of the fourth inning. They got these two men on after two very sparkling defensive plays. They've gotten the first two outs. Particularly arrow, tall, skinny right-hand hitter. Nash to him with a soft curveball. That's high and outside. Two balls and one strike. So the pressure starts to pile up here in the last half of the fourth inning as the Red Sox try to get up on the board. Be an interesting pitch right here, Al. This is uh, Tony Canigliaro's got a guess that Nash will be throwing a fastball here, I believe, because he's missed badly with two straight curves. And Tony's a fastball hitter. Now, this is going to be one of the key pitches of the ball game right here. Well, let's see what Nash actually does offer him. He shakes off Haney one time. Now he's ready to go. Picks the ball out of the mitt. Comes set. Checks the runners. Delivers. There's the fastball. Just a little bit low, right under the knee. So he's got behind as only see now, three and one. If Conigliero gets on, the batter will be third baseman George Scott. And Larry Hainer goes out to talk to Big Jim Nash. No time is called for the moment. See that uh, Cleveland-Minnesota ball game has gotten underway. And Minnesota's leading Cleveland at the end of one inning, two to nothing. So it behooves the A's to bear down and uh, hold the line here and win this ball game with the Boston Red Sox if they want to hold on to the number one spot in the American League West. Jim Nash trying to pitch his way out of some difficulty that has not been set up by his own fault. Oh, that's right and holy, he should have been out of the inning. A pitch, fastball, swung on and hit down to shortstop. Camp, he's up with it. He'll go to first base to Cater. There he got him for the out. Oh, Canigliaro rounds out from Campanaris to Cater. So the air does not hurt. No runs. There was one base hit. The third for the Boston Red Sox. There was one open error, and there were two men left on. So the score at the end of four innings of play remains. Open three, and Boston nothing. Takes the pitch this time high for Murray Culp. 
only uh, did Campy get on as a walker in the third inning, but he came around to score the run in that inning. Jackson was credited with a double. He scored all the way from first base. Pitch swung on a slow bombing ball, hit the second. Charging into Schofield. Whips his throw across the first base, and Campanaris is out. Oh, one out here in the top half inning, number five, in a three-to-nothing ball game. Here comes Joe Rudy, who struck out in the first inning and in the th third inning, fouled out to catcher Russ Gibson. Rudy's having a tough time getting started as a batsman. But he's come up with some fine defensive plays for the Oakland A's since having been inserted in the lineup. Come up with a couple of plays... Uh, the other night it was really there were really something. Takes a slow curveball, and that's a low one outside. Rudy batting at 182 at game time. He's had only four base hits, one extra base low, a triple. And that was at his first time up. Pitch just swung on. There's a bounding ball fouled on the third base side. Johnny McNamara digs this one out. Joe Rudy trying to get on track and get going here for the Oakland A's. He was a holy terror for the Iowa Oaks in the American Association before uh, his recall to the big uh, time. Young fellow from Modesto takes a look at this pitch, and that's uh, face high. A little outside, ball two. Two balls and one strike. Just one out here in the top of the fifth inning. Rudy the batter to be followed by Reggie Jackson. Three runs, four hits, one error for the A's. For Boston, no runs, three hits, and no errors. Fastball, Rudy lays off and takes it in there for the strike. Count now is two balls and two strikes. Rudy backing away from the plate to dry his hands. Slides him down his uniform trousers. Now he's ready. So is Colt. He delivers 2-2. The fastball is swung on and ripped out in center field for a base hit. Oh, Rudy is on. He gets his first base hit in the afternoon. That gives him one for three. Single to center, and for the A's, that'll be hit number five off golf. Coming up now is Reggie Jackson, so the stage has been set for Reggie, who's doubled off the glove of first baseman Dalton Jones, rolling out into right field, scored Campanaris all the way from first base back in the third inning. So Jackson struck out in the first, got credit for a double in the third, so he's one for two, and at game time was batting at 266, so he's a little about that now. First pitch to him is a curve. It's on the inside, ball one. Jackson backing off to take that curveball. Culp turns and throws over to first. Joe Rudy nimbly hops back on the sack ahead of it. Dalton Jones holding the corner at first base. Bobby Hoffman is the coacher down there talking to Joe Rudy. Right now takes the lead. Jackson has the bat cocked and ready. Here's the 1-0 delivery to him. Big palm ball, and that's a little high and outside. Two ball, no strike count. And a kick out of that palm ball. The recall throws. He sort of rolls it up there off the back of his hand. It looks as though he's rolling it off the back of his hand. Now he's ready. Delivers. There's a curveball. Swung on and hit over first base, down along the right field line. Jackson's going to make at least a couple on this. Chasing it is Canigliaro. Jackson tools around third. Second on into third as Rudy tools around third and comes on in to score. So Jackson has driven in another one. Here, Reggie Jackson, a triple hit into the right field corner. Give him his 46th run driven in. And for Jackson, that will be his second triple of the year. 
Texans triple getting Rudy in from first base. That'll be hit number six, run number four of Cope. And the A's are out in front now, four to nothing. Checking up on the RBI total for Jackson. Make that 47 instead of 46. The infield drawn in now is Campanaris as uh, Reggie Jackson leads down to third and Sal Bando takes a curveball low and outside for ball one. Helps fastball, straightens Bando right up. Fired right off the chin point. Reggie Jackson, the runner at third base. The A's have scored again here and they're leading in four to nothing. Boston infield drawn up ahead of the base pass, trying to get the run off the plate. There's a tap swing. It's hit back off the pitcher's mound and off the pitcher's right leg. Jackson comes in to score. Bando will get a single. There's a check swing single that gives Bando his 30th run batted in. It might possibly be an error on the pitcher. He did not uh, handle it too well. And an error is being given to the pitcher. So it will not go as a base hit. But the run comes in to score. Jackson scores it. And it's now a 5 to nothing ball game. Coming up to the plate now will be Danny Cater. A pitcher starts to work out in the bullpen for the Boston Red Sox. A little time is being called to be a conference at pitcher's mound with Ray Culp, who was figured to be a pretty tough pumpkins here this afternoon. Because he was coming into the ball game with a nine win and three loss record. And the A's have gotten to him here for six base hits and five runs. Of course, they had an error committed behind uh, him that uh, will be charged to his own record. And uh, also Rico Petroselli has uh, corrupted a couple of uh, sparkling plays to help protect the pitcher. But nevertheless, uh, it's going to be all for... Rick Culp. He's coming out of the ball game after having pitched four and one-third innings. Now Dick Williams is making another one of those changes where he can get another hitter in the pitcher spot in the batting order. He's taking Tony Canigliaro out of right field here. And he's putting Joe LaHood in right field. LaHood will bat for the pitcher, I'm sure, which will be third in the next inning. Canigliaro would not bat until eight more men away, nine men away, as a matter of fact. He made the last out. Now they're going to put LaHood in the lineup in the place of Canigliaro, and the new pitcher will come on and bat then in the number uh, six spot. Now, while they're bringing the new pitcher in, let's talk about uh, the A's not hole gang. The A's, in cooperation with United California Bank, are organizing a not hole gang which will enable children 14 years and younger to attend free of charge all A's Saturday home games. One adult must apply for a not hole certificate by either calling, writing, or going in person to any of the 80 United California Banks to obtain the application form. No matter what city you live in in Northern California, through the UCB Bank there, you can go right in and get it yourself. Now, for every certificate issued, that adult may bring five children with him, 14 years or younger. The children must wear their not whole gang badge that'll be mailed with the certificate to be admitted free. The adult must pay only a dollar and 50 cent general admission price. Our groups may number in size, any size, as long as they're accompanied by one adult for every five children, with each child wearing the not whole gang badge. The maximum per game for the not whole gang is 6,000. Now, our first one will be next Saturday, just six days away, next Saturday when the A's play the Minnesota Twins. 
And in order for you to get uh, in free with your not whole gang for that one, we recommend that you get your application by Tuesday, no later than Tuesday for next Saturday's game. So, the adults, go out and take care of this. It's an easy thing to get these applications. You can call right or go into any of the UCB banks and get the application form. Great way to come out and enjoy baseball and uh, enjoy it at the Oakland Coliseum free of charge, courtesy of the Oakland Days. So it'll be good to have that old not whole gang out there. Next Saturday, June 21st. Remember, the A's come home Friday night uh, next week, play the Twins uh, 7.30 ball game, then Saturday afternoon, and it'll be the Ararat Shrine Temple game. I'm East Temple Shriners. Uh, you got it. Next uh, Saturday afternoon, Shriners from all over Northern California will come in, put on a tremendous, colorful show prior to the game. And then next Sunday, a week from today, a doubleheader with the Twins. So get those tickets in advance for that. Okay, Al, you ready? Yeah, so is Sonny Siebert ready to go here in the top half of inning number five. We've got Sonny Siebert out on the mound, right-hander. Got a record of five wins, six losses this year. Oh, he'll be pitching first of all to Danny Cater. The runner at first base to Sal Bando. Pitch the plate. Cater backs off and takes a fastball inside. Five to nothing. Score here in favor of the Oakland A's. Top half in number five. They've scored two runs. Rudy singled. Jackson drove him in with the triple, and then uh, Jackson himself scored on a pitcher's error. Here goes Sal Bando on the pitch that swung on and hit down to the right side. It's going to go through in the right field for a base hit. Here comes Sal Bando on to third base. He'll stop there as LaHood, who has just gone into right field, is up with the ball and throws it back in. So a little hit and run. Cater delivers, punches it into right field for a single, and Sal Bando running all the way around the third base. Boy, Danny handled that one like a pro. It was out away from him, and it was not over, I'd say, six, seven inches off the ground, but he had to hit it, and he did, and they had the second baseman covering, so he shot it right through that vacant hole. Beautifully executed play. Certainly was. It looked like he went after that one with a ping-pong paddle. Now, here is Rick Mundy. Please remember, runners are first and third and one out. Two runs have scored. And this is Sonny Siebert out on the mound right now. Tall, rangy right-hander. So that uh, hit will be off Siebert. Delivers to the plate now to Rick Mundy. It's swung on. There's a foul ball hit into the stands out of play. Sal Bando on the third base is still the responsibility of the now departed Ray Culp, who pitched only four and one-third innings in this ball game. He stands at this particular time, of course, to be the losing pitcher. Siebert in his relief, late of the Cleveland Indian staff. Gets his sign now from Russ Gibson. Looks over at third base at Bando. The runner at first is Danny Cater. Just executed a very fine hit-and-run play. Fastball straightens Monday right up at the plate. Fired right in off the chin point. One ball and one strike to count on Rick Monday. This Sonny afternoon... Se Excuse me, Al. That's all right. I was going to say that Sonny Seward is the guy, the main guy, that the Red Sox went after in that deal where they traded Ken Harrelson away. Well, they wanted some pitching help, and they figured that Seward would be the guy to give it to them. Big guy's ready and comes set now. Looks at Rick Mundy. Checks the runners. Delivers a plate. Soft curveball. Rick takes that one in there for the strike. One ball and two strikes. Mundy has hit a two-run home run shot. That came last inning when uh, Cater was aboard at first base. First time up, uh, he was out on the 1-4-3 play to retire the side. 
The runner at third base for the A's, Captain Sal Bando. At first base is Danny Cater. Siebert on here in relief in the fifth inning, trying to put out the fire. See whether he's able to or not. Pitch is not a Monday. There's a fastball way inside off the hips. Two balls, two strikes to count on Monday. At Minnesota, they played two innings of their ball game, and the Minnesota Twins are still leading Cleveland two to nothing. See where Willie McCovey has just hit his 21st home run for the San Francisco Giants in the first game of the doubleheader in the first inning with one on. Big guy can really head him out of a ballpark, too. So can this Rick Monday. Siebert delivers Monday. The pitcher swung on, hit down to Schofield at second. He goes back to Petroselli for one. The throw on to first base. Not in time. The run comes in to score. So it'll be a force out at second base of Danny Cater for out number two. Give Rick Monday his third run batted in. On the force out, it goes from Schofield to Petroselli at second base. And coming in to score from third base on the force out is Sal Bando. Third run to be scored here in the inning. That run will be charged to Culp. All the score now is six to nothing in favor of the Oakland A's. Here is Dick Green. Monday, the runner at first base. Green up for his third show at the plate. He slides the left and has uh, grounded out to third base. Boy, he certainly did turn in a very fine defensive play in the third inning. Siebert delivers. Green takes. That fastball is low. One ball and no strike count. Siebert. Straddle of pitcher's rubber gets his sign now. Now he's ready. There goes Monday as the pitch is made, taken low outside. There's no, no throw down by Gibson at all. That'll be seven steals now for Rick Monday. Boy, he had a good jump that time, and Gibson knew there was no use of even throwing down to second base to try to get him. I had just turned to look to see what the stolen bases were on Rick because Siebert's not too hard to run on. He gives you a pretty good jump over there all the time, and I kind of figured that uh, Rick might be taking off on him. He took off and got a real fine jump on him. The count is two and nothing at the plate on Green. Siebert delivers Green swings, hits the ball to shortstop. On a high hopper, Petroselli has it, lobs over to first base in time, and that retires the side. But here in the top half of the fifth inning, the amazing A's come up with three more runs. They had... Uh, Three hits in the inning, there was one error, and there was one man left on. So the score, at the end of four and one-half innings of play, it is Oakland six and Boston nothing. Some things in life are perfectly okay alone. While other things work better in teams. combination that gives your car that added something. Richfield Imperial Boron Gasoline and new formula Richfield Imperial Motor Oil. Each alone is great, the finest of its kind. But put them both together and you save real money. Spark plugs stay cleaner longer. Pistons run free. Your whole engine runs cleaner. So why take halfway measures with your car? Use the power partners. Richfield Imperial Boron and new formula Richfield Imperial Motor Oil. They're like music to your gears. Atlantic Richfield Company. 
As we go to the last half of the fifth inning here at Fenway Park in Boston, the line totals look like this. For Oakland, six runs, seven hits, and one error. They've stranded only four men on here this afternoon. And for the Boston Red Sox, they have a total of no runs. They have three base hits. They have committed one error and have stranded three. It'll be the last third of the batting order for Boston, namely third baseman George Scott and the catcher Russ Gibson. Then we'll have LaFoud, who came on to play in right field in the top half of this fifth inning. First pitch to Scott is in there for strike. Big Jim Nash now has six runs to go on. He's in quest of victory number four. Seems to have gotten over that sore arm, stiff shoulder. And the pitch levels are count now to fall on a strike. One ball, one strike count on George Scott, the right hand hitting third baseman, who started off today batting at 206 and has been up one time and struck out. Nash gets his sign from his new battery mate, Larry Haney. Comes over the top of the fastball, and Scott cups it foul off the first base side. Going over to the dugout of the Red Sox is Danny Cater. Under it, he's got it. Oh, Scott is out. And a high foul ball to Danny Cater. That'll bring on Russ Gibson, the catcher. stepping up to the plate now. He has been up one time. That was in the third inning. Single to right field, so he's one for one. 2-12 hitter at game time. He's a stocky fellow. Stands deep at the plate. Left foot forward to it. And not up against the plate. He's back from it. He'll step into the pitches or away from them. Fastball is laid in there at the knees for strike one. No ball, one strike count on Russ Gibson. For uh, the present, Green clouds have drifted away, and we have a lot of sunshine here now at Fenway Park. Pitch, fastball, is a little high. And he couldn't hold that one, despite the fact he went up on the ladder to try to get it. One ball and one strike count. On Gibson, the Red Sox catcher, will be followed by right fielder Joe LaHood, who came in to right field in place of Canigliero. Top half inning number five. Nash delivers fastball, swung on by Gibson. There's a high popper going down the left field line. That could be in foul ground. And it is in foul ground and cannot be cut by left fielder Joe Rudy. It's right up against the stands. Joe gave it a pretty good run down. That'll just be a high foul ball. Tell you how high that ball was. Gibson, who was not too fleet of foot, was all the way down at second base before that ball uh, caromed up against the wall. he has to go back and try it all over again. We have one out here in the last half of the fifth inning. Gibson, the batter. His count now is one ball and two strikes. At the end of three innings at Minnesota, the Twins are leading Cleveland, who pounded them yesterday. Minnesota leading Cleveland two to nothing. We'll keep you advised of the progress of that ball game because it could have a bearing on... Uh, The American League West. The A's are leading right now by one percentage point. Nash is ready. 
pitches the plate. Gibson swings on it, hits the back pass to Mon Green, backing up at second base, picks it off the grass, throws the first base in time, and that's all for Gibson. Ball set right back in the mound. Greeny stayed right with it. So we have two out here in the back half inning number five, and that'll bring on Joe LaHood. LaHood batting in the number nine position. He was inserted in there deliberately by his manager, Dick Williams, when he put uh, him in right field for Canigliero. He put his pitcher in the number six slot in the batting order. Joe LaHood has three home runs to show for his work this year. He's a utility outfielder batting at 136. He's a powerful guy. Can hit that ball a long way. Stands deep in the box, swings on the first pitch, and oh, what a cut he had at that one. Great big strike one. LaHood appearing in his 36th ball game. This is his 60th at bat. Up 10 batter standing as deep as law will allow. As that bet cocked high off his left ear. Nash to him with a soft curve ball. It's ripped down to Greeny. Right on target. Green nails it. Oh, that line shot to the second baseman for out number three. Green knew, knew where to play LaHood that time. Nothing across here in the last half of the fifth inning for the Boston Red Sox. Score at the end of five. Oakland six and Boston nothing. Manic Richfield believes you don't have to be ugly to be good. You can check tires for air, brakes for fluid. You can wash windows, add water to the battery and the radiator. You can do all those things that a lot of people hate to have to ask for and do them without being asked. You can be that nice and still be good. You can give out directions and roadmaps. You can like kids and be patient with grown-ups. You can offer a good variety of new tires, spark plugs, batteries, and other equipment. And you can offer them in a new service station with lots of brick and glass and shrubs and flowers. You can do all this and still be nice because the people at Atlantic Richfield believe you don't have to be ugly to be good. Sonny Siebert now will pitch into the top half of inning number six. He'll go to catcher Larry Haney, pitcher Jim Nash, and the top of the batting order, Kathy Campanaris. As we go into the top of the sixth inning, your five-inning line score is this. Oakland, six runs, seven hits, and one error. They've stranded four. And for the Boston Red Sox, no runs, three hits. They have one error, and they've left three aboard. Siebert in relief of starting pitcher Rick Cope, who had a 9-3 and three record when he took the mound here today. Felt it out of there. And in four and uh, one-third innings, he gave up all six runs on six base hits to the Oakland days. Since coming on, Siebert has given up just one base hit. He gave that base hit to Danny Cater. He pitched uh, two-thirds of the fifth inning and is now ready to pitch here in the sixth inning. Larry Haney has struck out. That was in the second inning for starting pitcher Ray Culp. And in the fourth inning also for Culp, he popped up to second base. Now Haney will be taking a look at Sonny Siebert. Oh, lanky right-hander who takes plenty of time in his windups. Russ Gibson down behind the plate now to pump the sign for the Red Sox. Haney stepping up to the plate, checking in with McNamara down at third base. Haney has gone over two. First pitch made to him is in there for the strike. So Haney is looking for his first base hit as an Oakland A. He's the one that figured in the trade, you recall, a couple of days back with the Seattle Pilots. The trade which sent Johnny Donaldson to the Pilots in exchange for Larry Haney, the catcher. Over the top fastball is way inside and gets away from Russ Gibson, goes all the way back to the screen. Well, the count is one ball and one strike on Haney. They play him, incidentally, slightly shifted around the left in the outfield. The left side of the infield goes deep. 
and Yastrzemski is not playing too deep in left field. Despite the fact that uh, Haney can hit the long ball. There's the fastball. Swung on a miss for a strike. One ball, two strikes. Count on Larry Haney. He'll be followed here in the top half of the sixth inning by Jim Nash. Six to nothing. The Oakland A's leading Boston. They're bidding to sweep the series. Siebert ready. Twists and throws. Haney takes. Called strike three. Ball slipped right over the outside corner. And he's called out on strikes, and for Siebert here, that will be his first strikeout in the fifth. Made to go down by the strikeout route. Big Jim Nash struck out twice for starting pitcher Ray Culp. Now let's see what he does with Sonny Siebert. Nash began today batting at 167, but one run batted in. He hasn't seen too much action. Takes a look at the slider, and that's low and outside. One ball and no strikes to count on Jim Nash. Sunlight has been playing hide and seek with us uh, ever since about noon. Siebert delivers. The slider is low and outside. Two balls and no strikes. We had rain here this morning, sprinkling of rain. When we got to the ballpark, it sprinkled a little bit of rain, and the tarpaulin was on the infield. There was no infield practice or batting practice, either one. So the infield is in good shape top fastball swung on the Nash and missed that's strike one his count now is two balls and one strike one out here in the top half for sixth inning the Oakland A's are leading at six to nothing Siebert back to the plate on the 2-1 count Nash takes it in there for the strike Jim didn't like to call on that when he thought it was a little high turns around says something to plate umpire Bob Stewart now the 2-2 pitch Siebert cuts it loose Drilled right in there for strike three call. Well, Siebert here has got two men on the called strike. That'll be his second strikeout. Butter coming up now will be leadoff for Capanaris. Cappy's come up with uh, some very fine plays on this road trip defensively. Up with a couple of good plays today. As a batsman, he got on the first inning bunt, uh, with a bunt single. Swings on the first Siebert pitch and doesn't get it. Strike one. Despite the fact that he sold two bases in the first inning, he's 26 and 27th, he did not score in that frame, but he did score in the third after he had walked. He was driven in by the Jackson double. Last time out, he rolled out to second base. Swings on this pitch, and there's a ball hit right back to the mound. Siebert flags it down, fires over the first base of time, and that's off to Campanaris. So for the second time this afternoon only, the A's go quietly in an inning with nothing across. And the score at the end of five and a half innings of play remains Oakland six and Boston nothing.
Vantage Bridgefield Company. Jim Nash moving along at the top of a six to nothing ball game. We'll pitch first of all to the leadoff man of the Boston Red Sox, second baseman Dick Schofield. Then we'll have Jones and Yastrzemski in the inning. Six to nothing to score. The Oakland A's leading it on seven base hits. Jim Nash is, has been in control of this ball game pretty well. He's had some good defensive work behind him for at least sparkling plays. That goes as a teamwork that makes up a good team, gives you a good ball game. Here is Dick Schofield. He struck out and rolled out to second baseman Green, who made a fantastic play on him in the third inning to retire the side. Nash ready. Burns the first pitch in there, and that's high and outside for ball one. Schofield, not a very big guy, hits him left-handed and stands about three-quarters deep in batter's box. Sal Bando comes shallow up at third base, the right side of the infield going deep. They're playing as a punch hitter to left field, however. Swings on this pitch and sends a dribbler up the first base side. Count is one ball, one strike now in Schofield. in Kansas City, Twilight doubleheader. The two uh, pitchers for the Oakland A's will be Jim Hunter and George Lazaric. We'll be on the air at 5-10. Pacific Coast time of the first game of the Twilighter. Comes Nash back on the 1-1 count. His pitch is just outside. Bob Nehai. Two ball, one strike count. the second ball game from Kansas City tomorrow night will be televised on channel 44 and stations in the Bay Area. Pitch the plate is swung on. There's a high fly ball hit deep to the right field. Jackson back for the fence. He watches it sail into the right field stand for home run. Actually in the bullpen. Schofield hits his first home run of the year. on their fourth hit here in the ball game. Get up on the board. Now 6-1. Schofield has driven in his seventh to make that the eighth run this year on his first home run and the Red Sox 85th as a team. Larry Haney going out now to talk to Jim Nash. Cross throwing in the bullpen. Lou was up a little bit in the last inning also. Larry Haney comes stopping back behind the plate now as Nash will be pitching to Jones here in the sixth inning. That was the ninth home run Nash has given up this year. Dalton Jones has gone over two. Hasn't hit a ball out of the infield. Soft curve to him this time. Has hit on two hops down to Danny Cater, who will make the play all by himself at first base to retire the first man. Six to one the score as Carlos Spensky comes up to the plate. He has hit two home runs in yesterday's 21-7 ball game in favor of the Oakland A's. And Spensky uh, has been up twice here. And this ball game today is fouled out to catcher Haney and has uh, fried out to center field to Rick Mundy, sending him all the way back to the wall and deep center field to make the catch. And 
Bauer. Paul for time, and he's uh, going out to talk to Jim Nash. He wants to find out whether uh, Jim's arm is all right or not. He's had Rouse down in the bullpen, throwing long enough to be warmed up enough to come into the ball game. At Kansas City, they have played four and one half innings of that ball game, and the Detroit Tigers are leading Kansas City seven to nothing, coming up with seven big runs in the top half of the fourth inning. Cleveland and Minnesota have now played three and a half innings. Minnesota going to bat in the last half of the fourth inning, and it's all tied at two and two. Cleveland coming up with two runs in the top half of the fourth. Well, they've had some battles out there, haven't they, Mike? Yes, sirree. Cleveland's been playing a lot better ball the last week and a half. Everyone figured it was just a matter of time before Cleveland came alive a little and their pitching picked up, and that has done that. Now we're ready in the last half of the sixth inning. As far has gone back to the dugout, Big Jim Nash is going to pitch to Carl Yastrzemski, who is 0 for 2. Yes, at game time, was batting 282. The wind here continues to blow out from, center, from home plate towards center field directly. And it swirls up some of the dry dust on the diamond. Ash is ready. Delivers to Yastrzemski. Soft curveball stays low. Ball one. Sun breaks out here again. Six to one to score. The Oakland A's leading. We're in the last half of the sixth inning. One out. Nobody on. Schofield's solo home run has given the Red Sox their only run. Soft curve, yes, Dremsky's low, under the knee. Two ball, no strike count. This is the one guy you hear all of the pitchers in the American League talk about. Yes, Dremsky. Got a set of arms on him like the old cartoon character Popeye. Two ball, no strike count. Nash is ready, Haney's got the mid up at the target. Estremsky poised and ready, and then that time is called. Nash decides he wants a little bit of rosin before he works his pitch. Well, he goes back, gets the rosin bank, slams it down on the ground. Now the 2-0 delivery. Soft curve in there for the strike. Took the knees right on the outside slice. Two ball, one strike count. Jastrzemski patiently waiting now for the next pitch to be made. Nash is in no hurry to give it to him. Now he nods to Haney's signs. Comes the 2-1 delivery to Jastrzemski. Soft curveball. Drops right in there. Up the fist for a strike. Jim's got his mind made up, hasn't he? He wants to throw breaking balls to this guy. Well, he's certainly, he's certainly going to make Jastrzemski hit him out of the park on his own power, apparently. Two ball, two strike count on Jastrzemski. Smith will follow. Nash keeps shaking off Haney. Now he nods. He'll throw this one. Let's see if it's a breaking pitch or a fastball. It's breaking stuff and it's low. Ball three. Full count now. Three balls and two straight. Hey, Mr. Bauer's getting hands in his pants down in that dugout. He's been walking in circles around Bill Posdell the last three pitches. Yeah, I noticed that. You can't blame Hank. Anyone wants to win, it's a guy named Hank Bauer. 3-2 pitch, soft curveball, swung on Ryan right to second base to Greeny, who is playing it just right. So that's second out here in the sixth inning. And Smith's coming up to the plate now. Before he does, let's pause for station identification. 
This is the Oakland A's Baseball Network. KNBR AM and FM. The big one in San Francisco. Beautiful day in downtown San Francisco with a temperature 61 degrees. It could be that Big Jim Nash is tiring a little bit out on the mound. Maybe that's a concern of Hank Bauer. Because he hasn't gone to that fastball. Let's see what he offers switch hitter Reggie Smith, the center fielder. There's the fastball, and it's low. First fastball. He's thrown... Uh, a little while he went uh, all the way with uh, the soft curve stuff to Carl Yastrzemski. There are two outs here in the last half of the sixth inning, six to one ball game. The Oakland A's are leading it. Reggie Smith, the batter, he's had one base hit in two times up. He had a high bounding single back of the mound his last time up. Swings on this pitch, uppercuts it, hits it to right field. Reggie Jackson could have it, so could Rick Monday. It's Rick Monday calling for it, he takes it for the out. High fly ball center field handled by Rickman. So in the sixth inning, one run on one base hit. That was Schofield's first home run of the year. There were no errors and nobody left on. The score at the end of six innings of play. It's the Oakland A six. The Boston Red Sox have won. It could be that Big Jim Nash is tiring a little bit out on the mound. Maybe that's a concern of Hank Bauer because he hasn't gone to that fastball. Let's see what he offers switch hitter Reggie Smith, the center fielder. There's the fastball, and it's low. First fastball, he's thrown uh, for quite a little while. He went uh, all the way with uh, the soft curve stuff to Carl Yastrzemski. There are two outs here in the last half of the sixth inning. Six to one ball game. The Oakland A's are leading it. Reggie Smith, the batter, he's had one base hit in two times up. He had a high-bounding single back of the mound. His last time up, swings on this pitch. Uppercuts it, hits it to right field. Reggie Jackson could have it, so could Rick Mundy. It's Rick Mundy calling for it, he takes it for the out. High fly ball. Right center field, handled by Rick Mundy. So in the sixth inning, one run on one base hit. That was Schofield's first home run of the year. There were no errors and nobody left on. The score at the end of six innings of play. It's the Oakland A six. The Boston Red Sox have won. Well, you'll like Richfield regular. It's the action regular because Richfield regular is all gasoline. In fact, it's as gasoline as gasoline can get. So it does wonderful things to your car. It raises the rank of an Opel Cadet, tickles a Toyota, sharpens a Dart, detonates a Datsun, rouses a Rambler, flattens up a Fiat, and makes a Volvo Varoon. That's because Richfield Regular is the action regular. It's the regular that gives the go-ahead to many of our nation's top VIPs. Very important business. So this week and every week, eliminate the more expensive middle-grade, middle-pump gasoline and fill up with Richfield Regular, the action regular. The VIPs in your car will love it. Now we move along into the top half, inning number seven here. Out in the mound, right-hander Sonny Siebert in relief for the Boston Red Sox will pitch, first of all, to Joe Rudy. Then we'll have Jackson and Bando in the inning. If anyone else is needed, it'll be Cater. Well, it's 6-1, to one, and your line score, six runs, seven hits, one error for Oakland. For Boston, one run, four hits, and one error. Monty, we're making the bid to sweep the Boston Red Sox series. It's going to be up to Luke Krause the rest of the way. I've seen the sign already go down to the bullpen that Jim Nash is through. I'll give you an idea of what the pitching has had to go through here in this series. Odom left yesterday afternoon, or uh, Dobson left the other night, allowing only three hits in the innings that he pitched and just wilted. Yesterday, Odom left having allowed only six hits, and five of those came his last inning. He pitched a one-hitter up until the last inning. 
So we have not had a starter go all the way nor come close as yet in this series. But it was a tremendous effort by Jim Nash today, no more than he'd been pitching in the last month. I thought a great comeback by Jim. Here's the pitch to Joe Rudy. Outside for a ball from Sonny Siebert. One ball and no strikes to count on Rudy, who had a base hit his first or his last time up. It's one for three in this game for him. Slider hits the outside corner, one and one. Two years ago, many players around the league thought that Siebert threw the ball harder than Sam McDowell on that same Cleveland Indian staff. Sonny's throwing a lot of breaking balls now and does not quite have the same zip on that fastball he used to have, according to the players, but at one time he could really throw it. Here's the one-on-one pitch. Slider calls strike two on Rudy. And he's got that one down real well. He throws a lot of sliders. Sonny Siebert, former All-Big 8 Conference basketball and baseball star at the University of Missouri. Could have been a professional basketball guard if he chose, probably. One-two pitch. Curveball fouled off by Rudy. Reggie Jackson kneeling on deck, and then Bando will bat here on the seventh. Great defensive plays meant the difference for Jim Nash in this ballgame. Dick Green made an incredible one to save a run early in the game and to keep an inning from going down. One-two pitch. Hi, it's two-and-two now. Cater made one in the same category. It was closer to the bag. Rick Mundy made a super throw the second base to get Petroselli on a ball that hit high up on the wall in left center. A pitch to Rudy. Swinging strike three. Joe strikes out for the second time this afternoon. Only his second strikeout since coming up here. He is hard to strike out. And this Siebert looked pretty good now. He struck out three of the last four batters. Now here's Reggie Jackson who has struck out, doubled, and tripled. He's knocked in two more runs today for 47 for the season. Luke Powell of Baltimore leads the American League and runs batted in with 51. And Reggie's closing in on him. Here's Siebert's pitch. Fast ball hit deep in the right field. That ball is really hit. Way back. LaHood at the wall. Can't get it. There goes another cater for Jackson. You talk about a guy that's hot at that plate. Sensational Reggie Jackson just hits his 23rd home run of the year as he steps on home plate. And that makes it a 6-1 to one ball game. The good guys who are in the black shoes today because the white ones are in storage. Jackson now has had eight hits here in the last two days. He's had a double, triple, and homer today. And yesterday had two home runs, a double, and two singles. Here's Sal Bando. Swing and a miss for a strike. That incident is his fourth home run here against Boston this series. That was a line drive into the bullpen of the Boston Red Sox. The pitch, Bando fouls it back. Boy, Reggie started on a home run kick. In the middle of our last homestand, he hit two against the Cleveland Indians on May 30th skipped today and then hit one on the first against Cleveland and then against Baltimore he hit another one here's the pitch outside the cell 
then he went uh, one, two, three, four games without it and hit two home runs against Washington before the president, who was there watching that night, and his second one won the ball game in the 13th inning. Then he hit one against Boston here the other night, two yesterday, and another one today. There's a bouncing ball left side of the infield. Petroselli's got it. It's going to have to hurry his throw. He just barely got it. Petroselli's throwing like he's got a sore arm. He's been lobbing that ball over there all day today, and he almost didn't get Bando on that one. It was close enough to argue about. So they're two down in the seventh inning. The batter's Danny Cater. Danny's at two for two here today. He got a day's rest yesterday. Short rest it was. He came in that game and got a, a single and scored from second on a fly ball to right. More than a fly ball, really. Deep enough. The pitch. It's inside and low for a ball. Jackson now has 13 runs batted in his last two ball games. One old pitch. Sliders outside. Remember, the A's come home Friday night. And we'll be playing a very, very important four-game series against the Minnesota Twins. Friday night at 7.30 at home in Oakland. Saturday afternoon at 1.30 and a doubleheader Sunday starting at 1.30, a week from today. Here's the pitch. Hater takes a call strike. It's 2-1. and one. The A's can hang on and win this one. And it's 7-1 right now. Then the A's will have won 6-8 of eight on this road trip. In pretty tough territory, Detroit, Washington, and here. The pitch, Cater takes a called strike. Giants lead Montreal 3-2 to two after three innings at San Francisco. Two balls, two strikes to Cater. There's the pitch inside for ball three. It's a full count on Cater. Here's Pitch. There's a shot through the middle. It's a third hit for Danny Cater in this ballgame. But Danny's got that sweet stroke back. He was in a slump, but you can't keep a guy like that down very long. Well, the A's who belted out 25 base hits against the Red Sox here yesterday are getting a bunch again today. That's number nine. Monday, who has had three runs batted in in this game. Got a two-run homer in the fourth inning. Cater off first with two down. Here's the pitch. Rick fouls it off. Strike one at a big cut right there. We'll be televising tomorrow night, beginning at 6 o'clock with the pregame stuff. And then at 6.25, we'll take it live from Kansas City. Now, that's a doubleheader down there tomorrow night, and there's a possibility that first game won't even be over by then. So if it isn't, or if it is, we'll be on the air with it on television and all the activity, and we're going to have lots of uh, interesting color for you. Here's the pitch. Call strike of the changeup curve. All our games on our radio network. Certainly appreciate all the mail we've got 
on our broadcast from all over the western part of the United States. Our fans are really beginning to get excited now when they start calling long distance to the clubhouse and to the hotels just to say they are after ball games. That's a telltale sign. Here's a pitch. Monday swings and misses strike three. That ball was in the dirt. Rick tried to check his swing, but he'd gone too far. In the seventh inning, the A's got a run on two hits. Now, one man left on. We scored to the last half of the seventh. It's Oakland seven, Boston one. You're you because you want something more out of life. You're you because you like the routine things, the duties and decisions that lead you along your life from day to day. But because you're you, you want something else, something more, a kind of freedom to come and go. The freedom that lets you seek out new people and new ideas and new places. Let's face it, you like living a little extra. You like to fish and hunt and ski and climb mountains and skin dive and hike. And you like filling up with Richfield Imperial Boron, the big mileage maker gasoline. Richfield Imperial Boron, with the best mileage in every tank full. Mileage to help you live a little extra. This week and every week, fill up with a tank full of Richfield Imperial Boron because you're you, and you want something more out of life. Honey, well, we have a new pitcher coming on now. Lou Krause's job is to try to hold him, and I want to tell you, this Krause has been tougher than gangbusters on his last two outings in this road trip. He pitched four and two-thirds pressure-packed scoreless innings against the Washington Senators the other night in that 13-inning ball game. And you talk about pressure. I'll never forget Lou having to make a three-ball, two-strike pitch with the bases loaded and the A's leading by only one run. And the Senator batter at the plate fouled off three straight, three-two counts. And Lou had to come back and came back and got him. Then here on Friday night, he pitched three innings of hitless scoreless ball against the Boston Red Sox. So Krause has really been going well in his last two outings for seven and two-thirds. Now he's going to be tested again against the Red Sox. And here in this inning, it'll be Petroselli, Don Locke, and George Scott. Krause has pitched in 16 games in relief, and he has started one ball game. He's recorded three saves, two for John Odom, one for Raleigh Fingers. Lou's lost three games. But he has shown him very encouraging signs the last couple of outings. And it's in the bullpen where this time of year you really need help, as you can tell. The starters have a hard time going all the way, even with big leads. Odom went out of the game yesterday with something like a 10-to-1 lead. Or 10-to-2 when he left. Now here's Jim Nash leaving. It was 6-to-1 when he left. 7-to-1, actually, when he's taken out of the ballgame. But in this ballpark, that kind of lead doesn't mean a whole lot. Here's Rico Petroselli. Austin, big guy this year. He's one for two today. Krause starts him with a curve, and it's popped up right behind the plate. Larry Haney, right back there for the plate, makes the catch. One away. So Krause on one pitch retires a tough Petroselli. Here's Don Locke, a pinch hitter. Locke's a big guy who played with the expansion Washington Senators, led their club in home runs, and runs batted in a couple of years. Faded away to Philadelphia, and now Don was picked up by Boston this year, and he's hitting 333 for the Red Sox. He's been up 12 times with four hits. Before the A's came to town, these Sox were hot. Here's the pitch, curve high, ball one. sets and fires a curve to lock a call strike. Lou 
Krause, 26-year-old, highest-paid bonus boy in the history of the Oakland days and one of the highest-paid in the American League. Only Rick Reichardt that I know of ever got more money than, than Lou to sign. Fastball misses inside. Lou's been a hard worker. He was the A's top winning pitcher two years ago with 14 victories. Last year, the last half of the season turned into an outstanding reliever. Had a rocky going early this season, mainly due to not very much work. 2-1 pitch. Fastball popped up. Sal Pando closing in on that one as it comes down right in front of the A's dugout. Wynn blowing it now, and he backs up and grabs it one-handed. Wind is really a factor here. Camp, he's all smiles talking with Sal over there on that one. That ball at one time was right in front of the dugout, and Sal almost caught it in fair territories. It blew it back about 35 feet. Two down. Here's George Scott, big third baseman for Boston. Left-hander Bill Land is throwing out in the bullpen for Boston, which means we'll get him next. Town still reeling under the onslaught of the young Oakland A's who scored 21 runs here yesterday. There's a bouncer through the middle. That goes in a center field. Scott's got a hit. Well, George Scott is on with a single. With one out here is Russ Gibson, the Boston catcher. You know, this is the day they say don't send your laundry out until June 16th if you're in the big leagues. You may not be there when it comes back. <laughs> Midnight tonight, the trading deadline in the major leagues, and there are a lot of anxious ball players sitting around at all the ball clubs. Here's Gibson. The pitch. Swing and a miss strike one. He started his swing. We looked at Gibson when we that's what reminded us of the trading deadline because the other catcher of the Red Sox, Joe Askew, is down at his home in Kansas City, AWOL, saying he will not play baseball if the Red Sox don't trade him. Krause throws a fastball in there for a call strike. And the Red Sox have said that if they don't make a deal for Askew by midnight tonight, they'll put him on the suspended list, which means he can't play for anybody. No balls, two strikes to Gibson. Krause wide throws outside with a slider. It's one and two now. Red Sox have had little problems along those lines this year. They traded Ken Harrelson away. The Hawks said, I ain't going to go. The Hawk went. He's now in Cleveland. He's not flying very high over there either. Krause at one-two pitch. Curve. Swing and a foul tip. Can be held. And it's still one and two. Haney's going out to talk to uh, Luke Krause. Nick O'Connell is the vice president and general manager of the Red Sox, and he and Tom Yockey, the owner, the player personnel director, Haywood Sullivan, have been sitting very glum-faced over to our left for about three days here in Boston, looking down on the field. Here's a one-two pitch. There's a fly ball to left field. Hit pretty deep, but it may be caught by Rudy. He's at the scoreboard. He reaches up. He hauls it in right in front of the sign which says Detroit 7, Kansas City nothing. Oh, at the scoreboard here in Boston, Rudy makes the catch of a fly ball by Gibson, and Luke Krause comes in and has a fairly easy inning in the seventh. Score still reads, the Oakland A's seven, the Red Sox one. Back in the old west, an ace in the hole was a man's ticket to a big win, or a shootout on Main Street. 
Today in the new West, the ace in the hole is your ticket to live a little extra. It's the getaway card. It's traveler's aid when you need it. It's an Atlantic Richfield credit card that's good for all kinds of things. Gasoline, oil, tires, batteries, accessories at over 70,000 service stations coast to coast, and more. Good for motels and meals. Rent a car. Put a whole vacation trip on it and pay in monthly installments. An Atlantic Richfield credit card. A real ace in the hole. Why don't you keep one up your sleeve? Atlantic Richfield Company. Got a new pitcher coming on now for the Boston Red Sox. He's Billy Landis, our left-hander. While he's in here, Big Al, to catch you up on that scoreboard we talked about a minute ago. All right, in the National League, Chicago playing a doubleheader at Cincinnati. The first game was won by Cincinnati over Chicago 7-6. And the winning pitcher in the ball game was Reagan, who's a losing pitcher is Reagan, whose record is now 7-3. Carroll was the winner in the ball game. Santo and Perez hitting home runs. In the second ball game, it should be Nye going for Chicago against Artigo for Cincinnati. Montreal, San Francisco, first game of the doubleheader. At the end of three and a half innings of play, our report is that San Francisco is leading at three to two. Stoneman pitching for Montreal and Perry going for San Francisco. McCovey hit his 21st home run in the first with one on for San Francisco. Atlanta, Pittsburgh going into the ninth inning. It's six for Atlanta and four for Pittsburgh. Reed, Doyle, and Upshaw all going so far for Atlanta. Bloss, Moose, Hartenstein, Walker, and Marone have all been on the mound for Pittsburgh. No home runs have been recorded. Rockers had a home run for St. Louis in the seventh with one on. And uh, Gibson pitching the ball game for St. Louis and Wilson pitching for the Houston Astros. The ball game is tied up at two and two. Philadelphia and San Diego should have Fryman on the mound going against Kirby. And New York and Los Angeles, it should be uh, DeLivo and going against Drysdale. Well, that's everything in the National League. We'll catch up with the American League in just a moment. Bonnie? Okay, Dick Green will lead it off now for the A's. Greeny without a hit today, but he's taken about four away from the Red Sox. Pitches inside for a ball. Besides his incredible play in the early inning to stop a ball, the second inning... The third inning. Here's a pitch. Greeny swings there to drive to deep center field. That ball is going to at least hit the wall. It is off the wall. Greeny goes to second base as Smith plays it. He missed a home run by about a foot and a half. There's a yellow line drawn out there on the big monster wall. And if that ball would have hit a foot and a half to the right, it'd been a home run. Greeny gets his fifth double of the year, a line shot. There's another case of a home run in a lot of other ballparks, but not this one. But Green, besides an incredible play we started to say, has these left-handed Boston players, these batters, down to a tee. And that's part of being a good second baseman, knowing where to play. He took base hits away from Jones, Jastrzemski, and Smith. By standing where and LaHood playing deep out in right field. Here's Larry Haney hitting a foul ball out of play. Larry tried to hit that ball to the right side of the infield, and you could see him going that way. A's leading 7-1. to one. They've had 10 hits here this afternoon. Campy Campaneras has done his thing twice. He stole two bases. Reggie Jackson has done his bit. He hit a home run, and a double, and a triple. And he'll come up one more time, I believe, in this game. 
Here's a pitch to Haney. Curve in right on him for a call strike, 0-2. Jackson's got a chance to hit for the cycle. He doesn't get many singles. Remember, from Kansas City tomorrow night, we'll be on the air early with the first game of that Twilight doubleheader on radio. Here's the pitch. Outside and high. We'll be on at 3.40. West Coast time tomorrow. Continuing excitement of the Oakland days. 3.40 tomorrow, 5.10 on Tuesday, and 5.10 on Wednesday. We'll televise both the second game tomorrow night and the game Wednesday night. Here's the one-two pitch to Haney. Foul off. Landis realizes that Larry's trying to hit the ball to the right side, and he's throwing everything right in on him now. Boy, that Green's missed two home runs here by a total of less than three feet the last two days. Well, it's good to see him coming back and really hitting that ball on the nose, Marty. He'd been in a batting slump, and I was bothering the young fellow, but he's uh, looking pretty good at that plate right now. One and two count on Haney. The pitch. Ground ball left side of the infield. Picked up by Petroselli. He throws to first base and Green goes to third. There's the throw. He slides safe. Hits that base running by Dick Green. Rico Petroselli has been lobbing that ball all day. And I've got to figure that Green is a very heads-up player and notices a lot of things like that. Started to third base just as soon as he saw Petroselli pick that ball up. And Petro was right in front of him when he threw it. So Haney moves his man up anyway. Landis did a pretty good job on Larry. Now with Green at third base, here is Lou Krause, who hit a two-run home run to break up Friday night's ball game. And he hit it on the first pitch thrown. hit his homer off Vicente Romo. Red Sox pull their infield in. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss on a big curveball. Strike one. And Greeny really went scurrying back into third base as Krause missed that one. Oh, this club is playing some heads-up baseball. Came into Beantown and just upset the bean pot here today and yesterday and the day before. It's 7-1 right now. We're in the eighth inning. The pitch to Kraus. Foul off strike two. Kraus is on in relief of Jim Nash or by Schofield. Good to see that big guy come back, and I believe now he's got to be ready. Landis, 0-2 pitch to Kraus. Fouled off. Tomorrow night in Kansas City, it'll be Catfish Hunter and George Lazarique. On Tuesday night, Chuck Dobson will pitch in his hometown against the Royals. And Wednesday night, John Odom will be the guy who pitches the getaway game for the A's. means that Nash will more than likely open up for the Athletics at home on Friday night against the Minnesota Twins. (laughs) 
No balls, two strikes. Green at third, one out. Here's a pitch to Kraus. Fouls it off. That loose hanging in there pretty tough. Seven to one. The Oakland A's are leading. Now they're pitching off the stretch. Here is the pitch. Kraus hits a foul ball out of play again. Landis is not wasting any, and Kraus is making contact with about everything in there. After this ball game, the A's will take off to Kansas City, stopping off briefly in Chicago for a plane change. Landis pitching to Kraus again, high for a ball. Club is scheduled to arrive in Kansas City tonight sometime around 10-10. Take a night's rest and get out that ballpark very early tomorrow. That doubleheader will be starting early afternoon. About 6 o'clock, early afternoon Bay Area time. Landis pitches again. Ball two, it's outside. you baseball buffs back home who like to save big things. I hope you saved the headlines and the box score of yesterday's game. That's definitely a history-making contest. Many things have happened in the years I've been around baseball and there's always something that you try to save and definitely that one's going in my book. Crow swings, hits one deep to left field. That ball's going to hit the wall. Cross gets a liner off the wall. Green trotting home to score. It's a single for Lou Krause. There would have been a home run about anywhere else. A smash off the wall. Let's pause for station identification. This is the Oakland A's Baseball Network. The good life is here on KNBR AM and FM. The big one in San Francisco. that sports fans that Kraus has swung two times in this series hit a home run and now a single to score a run here's Campy Campanaris he swings fouls it off well, Kraus is one of many pretty good hitting pitchers the A's have Catfish Hunter could be used as a pinch hitter so could Luke Kraus if you needed him and not be embarrassed at all Paul Lindblad's another one Lazarique Campy fouls it off. He's trying to go to right field. Yes, sir, Lazarique came in there. Got a couple of hits his first time around. Jim Rowland keeps telling the guys in the pitching staff that he's a hitter. He hadn't had a chance to show it yet. So I got to believe him. <laughs> he does pretty good in those tater contests before the game. Here's the 0-2 pitch to Campy. It's high for a ball. One, the good guys in the white shoes are leading, even though they're wearing the black ones today. Talking about pretty good hitting pitchers, Odom doesn't do badly either. When he connects, when they throw it where he's swinging. <laughs> and Johnny might have been such a good hitter, he almost ran himself right out of the game yesterday. He was trying to bunt for base hits and everything else, and it was just a hot day. One and two pitch. Campy lines one towards left field. That's going to be another base hit. Cameron Harris is on. Kraus goes to second and holds on. 
The swinging A's is doing some connecting these days. Yeah. Now here's Joe Rudy. Funny part about it is the money they picked on all of the Boston pitchers. Not just one or two, but all of them. Everyone's been in the ball game. Well, in that big game yesterday, in case you didn't hear it, the A's scored five runs on Jarvis, the starting pitcher, in two and a third innings. They scored five runs on the relief pitcher, Lee Stang, in two and a third innings. They scored five runs on this self-same Bill Landis yesterday in just two innings. And they scored five runs on Gary Roganberg. So four different pitchers they scored five runs off of, and Lyle came in as the fifth man, and they got a run off him just for good measure. And Culp, their big guy, they got six runs off him today. Now here's Joe Rudy. Landis sets and throws. Rudy lines one to left center field. That's going to be another base hit. Coming around third is Krause being held up. Yastrzemski played that ball well. Gets it in. The bases are loaded. Well, that's what we mean by in this ballpark. You can get two or three hits and still not score because the outfielders play so shallow. And I want you to know that Reggie Jackson comes up now with the bases loaded again. See, he's never hit a major league home run with the bases loaded. This might be his day. As they announced Jackson, who came up three times yesterday with the bases loaded, Jackson knocked in ten runs in that game. Jackson today has knocked in three more runs with a double, a triple, and a home run. Now the Boston catcher has appealed to the plate umpire about Reggie Jackson's bat, and the plate umpire is throwing this bat out of the ballgame that Jackson has. Jackson has been using the same bat all for something like uh, two or three weeks. And the Boston catcher, Russ Gibson, complained about it, and what he complained about is there is a flat spot where part of the wood came off this bat, and what they don't know is he's been using it that exact same way for two weeks. We noticed it the first day in here. And Reggie said, I'll put a little pine tar on it. I don't think anybody will notice it. So he's going to have to start doctoring up another bat now. be interesting to see if he'd take that same bat down to, uh, down to Kansas City if he uses the same one. He'll try it, I guarantee you, because when you find a hot bat, you don't want to give it up. Now, what's funny is he's used that same bat in the whole series, and they just now noticed it. I think they could probably put that bat on a lathe and uh, round it out again, Mike. Not much way to do that. This has got a pretty big hole in it. All right, bases are jammed for Reggie Jackson. Bill Landis gets set. Here's a pitch. Outside and high, ball one. All it would take is a fly ball to the outfield to score another run. And that would give him the cycle. Landis to the stretch. The pitch. Fouled off. Oh, he had a cut. He had a cut at a curveball, then it really ripped. One ball and one strike on Reggie. I've seen guys who are hot at the plate. This young fella has been sizzling. Krause at third, Campy at second, Rudy at first. Here is Landis pitching to Jackson. And it hits him on the arm. Reggie Jackson is hit by a pitch. That's going to knock a run in, and I hope Reggie's not hurt. Jackson is hit on the hand, and the trainer was out of the dugout in a hurry. 
The little finger of the right hand, and it is hurt. Landis threw a fastball at Jackson and hit him with it. They've already signaled the bullpen for another pitcher to come in. Now, this one might have already done the damage. That's about as hot a batter as you can have, and then they throw at him and hit him in an 8-1 to ball game. So Jackson gets a run batted in the hard way. I'll tell you something. He's not brittle. Listen to the hand. This is because Jackson's staying in here. Oh, man, I wanted to see him get a swing right then. Boy, so did I. And I'm sure the fans here did, too. Bill Landis hit him with a pitch. A fastball thrown high and inside. Reggie couldn't get out of the way. He tried. Now, they're going to bring in another pitcher. Got another run that makes it a nine to one game. Jackson has four runs batted in today, 14 in the last two days. And I wonder if there's a record for most runs driven in in two consecutive games. Well, probably is, Money. We'll take a look at the uh, record book in just a minute. In the meantime, let's uh, take a look at the American League and see what's happening there. Baltimore playing at Chicago, the first game of the doubleheader at the end of eight innings of play. It is eight for Baltimore and nothing for the White Sox. McNally going against Nyman and Olsinski. Blair hitting a home run for Baltimore. That came in the fifth inning with one on, his 12th of the year. The second ball game, it should be Phoebus going for Baltimore against Chicago's Joel Horland. California-Washington at the end of one inning of their ball game. It is nothing and nothing. Messerschmitt going against Moore. Seattle and New York at New York at the end of four innings. The Yankees two, Seattle nothing. Talbot started for Seattle. Bolton has come on in relief. Bonson pitching for New York. Detroit and Kansas City at the end of six and a half innings of their ball game. It is Detroit seven, Kansas City nothing. Wilson still pitching for Detroit. Nelson, Bergmeyer, Hedlund, and Rooker have all pitched so far for Kansas City. Northrop had his 11th home run for Detroit. That came in the fifth with two on. Cleveland playing at Minnesota at the end of four innings. The ball game is tied up at two and two. Cleveland two, Minnesota two. Argon pitching for Cleveland and Boswell going for Minnesota. Well, that's everything right up to the minute. Bonnie, how about uh, the new pitcher? The new pitcher is big, six foot seven inch Gary Rogenberg. He'll be throwing to Sal Bando. Been a little bit of a slump himself of late. Sal's up there with a the jackpot loaded for him now. Bases are full. Here's the pitch. Curve is way outside. Ball one. Rogenberg didn't come close to the plate on that one. I'd love to have seen that Jackson get a swing at time. Here's the 1-0 pitch to Bando. Inside, that one almost hit him. Rogenberg's wilder to March Air right now. This is the top of the eighth inning of a 9-1 game. Oakland pouring it on the Red Sox after beating them 21-7 yesterday. Here's the pitch. Bando hits one out of here.
that's it. That's got to be his uh, second Grand Slam home run this year, Marty. And it's the 13th Grand Slam home run in the American League up till now. Reggie Jackson is draped all over Bando, going back to the dugout. Sal is all smiles. He really wanted that one. He really needed it, too. It's now, what's that, 13 to 1. Here's Danny Cater. It's a call strike. They got some guys hitting them with a sax jam. Bando's had two grand slammers this year. Monday's had two. Here's a pitch to Cater. Curve outside for a ball. Well, I think you could say that uh, the captain saw his teammate knocked down when he had a chance to get the grand slam, and he came up and filled in for him. Well, we got a fight going on in the stands right now, too. Here's a pitch to Cater. High pop foul ball over towards the Red Sox dugout. Chasing it, Dalton Jones. The wind drives it down right into his hands. He makes the catch. So after Danny Cater had three hits in a row today, they finally stopped him. Oh, I'm telling you, I've, I've come to believe that measles are my favorite disease. I put down red dots for runs batted in, and I've seen a lot of them the last couple of days for the guys in the white shoes. Would you like a piece of my scorecard to keep the rest of them on? <laughs> Here's Rick Monday, who's knocked in three runs today. Gary Rogenberg throws. Monday takes. Call strike on the outside corner. Monday, Jackson, and Bando. Arizona Staters, all three, have hit long taters here today. the pitch, and that's low for a ball. We've got to check that record book, Al, on the most runs scored in two days. Forgot that. By a ball club. Rogenberg throws. Monday takes it way outside for a ball. It's one and one. But the A's scoring 21 runs yesterday and 13 so far today. I'd say the Boston uh, front office might be doing a little shopping around for pitching in the trading market before midnight tonight. Here's a 2-1 pitch. Monday slams one down the line in left field, but it's going to be foul. with five runs here again today. The A's have scored ten runs off their former teammate in three innings, no, two and a third innings of pitching the last two days. Here's a 2-2 pitch. Monday swings, hits one towards left field. Pretty high, pretty deep. It is going to hit the top of the wall. Bouncing back towards the infield. Monday round second, too far, gets back. Monday took a big lead around second base. Now here is Dick 
defending himself. He's going to get his final money's worth. Springstead, the first base umpire, went down the second as the trailing umpire to call that play. Yastrzemski threw it back in a second. Schofield put the tag on Monday, but Rick, who's pretty tall, had stretched out and grabbed the bag. Now Dick Williams is still walking around in circles out on the field. I don't know where he's going now. He's been kicked out of the game. They're calling Red Flaherty in. Well, you know, to save all the slaughter, Williams should have been kicked out of here about five innings ago. He wouldn't have had to stay around and get so mad. Monday has had a double a home run today. The A's have had 15 base hits in this ball game to go with their 25 yesterday. Williams still appealing with the third base umpire, Red Flaherty, who's the chief of this crew. They've got uh, Mike O'Brien in at second base now. Schofield's been kicked out. Schofield's still down in the dugout yelling out at Marty Springstead. that Monday had a home run for a while. Well, Williams getting a cheering ovation for the Boston crowd. That's all they've had to cheer about today.
Most runs scored in two games, but I believe it's in one for the book. We carry all kind of record books with us. It's a matter of trying to find these kind of offbeat records. I know they've got the same things like that somewhere. One and two count on Dick Green. Here's the pitch to him. Outside, two and two now. Thirteen to one, Oakland leading in the eighth. games on radio or TV, you can with an official 1969 Oakland A's game schedule card. It's so convenient, fits right inside your wallet, and it's absolutely free. So today or real soon, pick up an official Oakland A's game schedule card free while they last at any Richfield service station. Well, we're going into the last half of inning number eight in the ball game that really has been broken wide open again here by these young fighting Oakland A's. 13 to 1 to score, and they picked up 15 base hits to get those 13 runs. The Red Sox have one run on five base hits and one error going into the last half of the eighth inning. So it's sort of been a shambles as far as the A's is concerned. They've really been, exer have been exerting a lot of power here and showing the wares to the faithful here at Fenway Park in Boston. We're getting ready now for the last half of the inning. Here's LaHood coming up to bat. Here's Mont. Okay, Luke Krauss out of the mound. The pitch to LaHood. came on in relief of Jim Nash. Lieutenant batter with real good power. Up here's the pitch to him. Hot shot on the ground. Green's going to rob him again. He's out of short right. He's got it. He throws the first for the out. I tell you, Green's got him played perfectly. He's taken two hits away from LaHood this afternoon by position play. Now there's one out of the eighth in the batter's Schofield. Scopio was kicked out. This is going to be O'Brien. We've had fireworks today. Here's a pitch. Sliders low and away, ball one. Speaking of fireworks, wouldn't it have been something to be back in Oakland and scoring all these runs on home runs? Finley's fireworks would have fallen right out of the sky. <laughs> Here's a pitch. There's a drive in the left center. Hit well. Monday going hard. Leaps it. He's got it. exaggerating now. I'm enjoying but not exaggerating these good plays. Monday just flat out ran that baseball and leaped up in the air and caught it with his arms stretched as far as he could away from his body. Now they're two down and here's Dalton Jones. 
Here is Lowe for a ball. We've got a plane to catch an hour and 48 minutes from right now. Here's a pitch. Outside for a ball. Be no problem. This is one the A's won't mind missing if they have to. Because of the results of this one, there's a pitch outside ball three from Kraus. Three balls, no strikes. There's a strike right down the middle. That Lou in the last three times out has really been throwing hard. He did not have a good fastball for a while, but he's got one now. Incidentally, Kubiak's in his short for the A's in place of Campanaris now. There's a fly ball hit in the air to right field. Jackson going back right up in the corner. Holding up now with room to spare. He grabs it. It's three up, three down in the eighth. We go to the top of the ninth inning. The score, the A's 13 and the Red Sox 1. You use Richfield Imperial Boron because there are many roads you have to travel. Oh, you like the routine things, all right. The work and the leisure that follow you along your life from day to day, but because you want more out of life, there are many roads you have to travel. Roads of freedom that let you come and go to get away from it all. Roads to new people, new ideas, new places, and because you like living a little extra, you climb mountains or you ski, you sail boats or kites and skin dive and hike and meditate and hunt or fish. And you fill up with Richfield Imperial Boron, the big mileage maker, with the best mileage in every tank full. Better mileage to help you live a little extra. Richfield Imperial Boron. Use it because there are many roads you have to travel. Now to the top half of inning number nine. And it's quite a ball game we've got going here with the Oakland A's out in front for 12 runs. The score is 13 to 1. Oakland 13 runs, 15 hits, one error. Boston one run, but five hits off the combined pitching of Nash and Kraus, and they've committed one error. Out on the mound now, ready to pitch into the top half of inning number nine. You all set for the rest of the fiasco, Mr. Moore? Let her rip. Okay, Ripper. Larry Haney, who is one of the A's players without a base hit today, I think he's the only one without a hit in the game. Larry's looked real good behind that plate. He's over for 4 here this afternoon. 15 hits Oakland today, 25 hits yesterday, 21 runs yesterday, 13 runs today. There'll be days, and you mark it down, and we'll say, oh, if we just had two of those we had up in Boston. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a pitch to Larry. It's a call strike. I don't know if I've had more kick out of the great defense or the offense in this series. I think defensively it's been the greatest I've ever seen. Haney hits one in the air to left field. Right on the warning track, Yastrzemski makes it over the shoulder catch. One out in the ninth. Lou Krause, who got a base hit off the wall and left in that big eighth inning. The highlight of which was Sal Bando's second Major League Grand Slammer. Hit the first pitch thrown to him by the new pitcher. Here's Krause, swing and a miss, strike one. Here's the 0-1 pitch. Krause fouls it off. Strike two.
balls, two strikes to count on Lou Cross. One out, top half of the ninth inning. Here's the pitch. Curve dropped in there for a call, strike three. Pretty pitch from Rogenberg. See, here in New England, there's a guy named Tommy McCarthy, we call him. And we want to ask him to give us the attendance for today. Tommy, move right into that microphone now and tell the people on the West Coast how many are here. 25,733 paid fans here in Finley Park, Boston, Massachusetts. you got a good ballpark here. Hey, what's the matter? What's the name of this ballpark? Finway Park in Boston. Okay, I just thought you said Finway Park. Thank you, Tommy McCarthy. Here is Ted Kubiak up now. And the first pitch to him is outside, ball one. There's a hard curve in there for a call strike. Kubiak came in yesterday and got two for two, relieving Campanaris, who's got neck problems. And Kubiak is hitting 294 right now. Here's the 1-1 pitch. Inside on him. Ball two. 13-1, Oakland leading. The pitch. Kubi fouls it back. Remember, these swinging A's are going to be home Friday night, and we need all the help we can get from the crowd. At the Oakland Coliseum for that big weekend series, four games with Billy Martin's Twins. Next weekend, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and a doubleheader Sunday. Here's a pitch. Curve outside. One thing about it, Marty, we certainly have seen here at Fenway Park what an enthusiastic crowd can do to a ball club, even the visiting ball club. It certainly sparked our young fellas. 3-2 pitch. Kubiak swings, pops it up off first base. The wind is blowing it down. Maybe a play on it for Dalton Jones. He can't get it. These Boston fans and our players commented last night again. And Hank Bauer even made the mention today. Just playing in a ballpark with this many people, and there are 25,733 here again today. And fans who really enjoy the game has inspired everybody. 3-2 pitch. Kubiak hits one in the air to left field. Pretty deep. Back towards the wall. It's going to hit the fence up at the top. Smith fields it. Throws back into the infield. Double for Kubiak. Kubiak hits one off the wall and left that misses being a home run by three feet. That's his third double. For the A's, hit number 16, if my computer is right. For the eighth day in a row, Campanaris had two hits before he left the game. Now here's Joe Rudy, who's had two today. Rogenberg pitches. Rudy hits one in the air to left field, but it's not deep enough. Jastrzemski closing in on this one and makes the catch, and that does it. We go to the last of the ninth inning. And it's Holden Blue cross time. The A's 13, the Red Sox 1. It's got start. It's got stretch. It's got extra mileage in every tank full. Extra mileage so you can live a little extra. Richfield Imperial Boron, the mad, impetuous fuel. It's got zip, and it's got zest, and extra mileage in every tank full so you can live a little extra. Imperial Boron, the big mileage maker. 
Imperial Boron, the big mileage maker. It's a mad, impetuous fuel. Atlantic Richfield Company. in the ninth inning. Lieutenant batting right fielder, our left fielder for the Red Sox. Here's Krause's pitch. Call strike. It's in there. 13 to 1. The Oakland A's are leading. They're going to sweep the series against the hot Red Sox. They were hot till we got here. Here's the pitch. And that's outside for a ball. Pitch to him. Curve dropped in there. Beautiful strike. It's one ball, two strikes. Krause comes to the plate with a high fastball. It's two and two now. man for the Red Sox here in the ninth. Smith and Petroselli will follow. Pitch is a sinker low. Ball three. Full count on Carl Yastrzemski. Ball is low, ball four. Let's pause here for station identification. This is the Oakland A's Baseball Network. The Good Life is here on KNBR AM and FM, the big one in San Francisco. That's the first walk issued by an A's pitcher today. Krause now pitches to Reggie Smith, who has had one of the Boston Five hits. Pitch to him, is swung on, there's a drive in a deep right field. Jackson back at the wall, can't get it, it's going to be gone. A home run for Smith. Switch hitting Reggie Smith of the Red Sox hits his 10th home run of the season. Homer today accounting for all their runs. It's now a 13 to 3 game. Nobody down, and here's Rico Petroselli. Pitch is low, ball one. Krause had allowed only one hit since coming on in the seventh inning. Prior to the walk to Yastrzemski and the home run. Here's a 1 0 pitch. High and inside, ball two. Krause delivers again. It's a call strike, two and one. 
2-1 pitch. gets his second hit of the game, and now here is Jerry Moses, the catcher, going to pinch hit. Moses pinch hitting now in the ninth inning. A big guy, right-handed hitter. 371 with two homers. Curveball hit on the ground to Kubiak. He's got it. Flips it to Green for one. Over to first. Bad play. No double play. Bad throw. Greeny's throw was off a little bit. At first base, Cater had to come off the bag. So it was no double play, but they got the lead, man. Kubiak had to go well off to his right that time, and that gave Petroselli a lot of time to bear in on Dick Green at second by the time Kuby got him the ball. The pitch to Scott, swing and a miss, strike one. Sky takes in an awesome cut at the plate. There's a drive to left field, rising as it goes, and it's going to hit the screen, a two-run homer. It's Boom Boom City here in Boston today. The Red Sox have teed off on Krause for two two-run homers in the ninth inning. Number seven for George Scott. Pretty obvious that Lou is just trying to get the ball over right now with this big lead. And the Red Sox are digging in. Now here's Russ Gibson. Pitch to him and a curve high ball one. Thirteen to five the score. The ball popped up on the infield. Green and Kubiak and Mando are all in on it. It's going to be Kubiak. He's got it. Two down. He pitched a four-hit shutout. McNally's having quite a year. He's 9-0. I'll have all the details for you on the scoreboard show on our Hidden Home program. Luke Krause to the line. Here's the pitch. 
Outside ball. It's a good fastball who threw that time. Here's a 1-1 pitch. Curveball ripped foul into the crowd. Ooh, look out. That one was a low liner right out over the right corner of the Red Sox dugout. It's one ball, two strikes. The A's have Marcel Latchman and Paul Lindblad throwing out of the bullpen. Now check it. That's uh, Jim Rowland out there. One and two with two down. Strauss's pitch. Sinker calls strike three and the old ball game is over. Luke Krauss gets the last out of the inning. And a long, hot, thrilling series in Boston is over. As our A's have won three in a row from the Red Sox. Final score, Oakland 13, Boston 5. Al, all I got to say is happy day. Yeah, how about that? Here's the last score for today's Oakland win. The A's 13 runs on 16 base hits. They committed one error and left seven men on here in this one for 25,733. Boston picked up five runs on eight base hits. They had one error and there were four men left on. Krauss gets his fourth save in relief and Nash gets his fourth win. So Nash's record is now four and three. And uh, Krauss with his save is an 0-3 on the year and his fourth save. Caught the starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, loses the ball game. He pitched four and third innings here. His record is now nine and four. The big blow hitting the ball game was Sal Bando's second Grand Slam home run of the year. He got it in the eighth inning, his 11th, and drove in four runs for the ball club. He's now 33 runs driven in. So, all in all, I'd say it was a pretty uh, hot series as far as the A's were concerned here with the Boston Red Sox. It wasn't figured that they would be able to do that. They had hoped for two of the three games, but they uh, kept rolling right on. And it uh, is now, in the eight ball games played on this road trip, they have won six and have lost two. Well, it's been a great trip so far. We've got four more big games to go down in Kansas City starting tomorrow night. I know this ball club thanks to get in there. It'll be Catfish Hunter George Lazarique tomorrow. And on our heading home show, which we're going to have to get started here pretty quick in order to make that airplane out, we're going to have Rick Monday with us tonight. Yes, sir, the final score. Oakland 13 and Boston 5. We hope you